Welcome to the Modern Rustic. I'm Russell. I'm Zach. We are a community-based podcast from the heart of the Fraser Valley, where we have classic conversations about our current culture and the impact we have on it. Welcome to the show. Thanks, Russell. Thanks, Zach. <laughs> yeah. Pleasure uh-huh. to be here. I'm super excited for this one. I, uh, yeah, when did, when did we first... <sighs> At the uh, AgriFest. AgriFair, right, 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 right. Yeah. That's okay, I forget the name, too. Yes. One month yeah, ago, a good... more? More than a month I'm ago. More than a month, I think. I think. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, that was terrible. I hated that. No, I didn't hate it, but yeah. I, the experience was fine, and the volunteer was fine, but, like, the booth, like, flew oh, away. Oh, yeah. That was, that was bad. <sighs> Did that you get in bad. trouble because the sign ripped? Cause I don't Not know. really, no. We okay. just had to fix it because there was another show incoming the next week. Right, right. But right. Uh, that was the only thing. But it was a bit annoying, yeah. Yeah. I mean, the weather out of nowhere, like, the wind... Yeah. Kept, uh, well, I think I find that there. This is the audience isn't going to get this, but like where we were at, we were volunteering for BC Agriculture Council, and we were handing out pamphlets and stuff. But we were in this like wind tunnel, like at the. It's indoors, right? No, this we our outdoors. booth was outdoors. Yeah. Oh, I didn't know there was an outdoors area to the. There uh, shouldn't be agri fair. Yeah. There shouldn't be. That's that's a trade X, right? No, at the uh, at the track, at the Rotary Stadium. Oh, okay. I, I must be thinking of something else. You're thinking of the ag, uh, pack ag show. Yes, I'm thinking of pack ag. Yeah. Way more fun. Yeah. Way more fun. You're going to get to the, go to that one okay. next year. I'm going to write it down. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's going <laughs> to be fun. It's going to be fun. I love that one. Every year, it's such a blast. Mm. Anyways, none of this matters. <sighs> yeah, welcome to the show. Thank you for joining us. Um, just tell us what your name is and why you think you're here. Absolutely, yeah. My name is Eric Rodriguez. Uh, I've been two years in, in Canada now, and I'm a temporary resident. I'm working at the moment with BC Agriculture Council, which is the way that I met with, with Russell. And uh, I'm also an entrepreneur back in Mexico. I have my own startup, uh, a parallel startup. We make bamboo t-shirts, and that's while I was studying in uh, Douglas College. I was doing a post-degree diploma, and they picked up on a, on a story about my apparel business and how we were part of uh, the Shark Tank TV show. Whoa. And uh, they brought that over here. Because I was studying at the same time that the show happened. So it was sort of like uh, a professor sort of, I had to tell him that I had to go to the show because he was doing like an exam or something crazy like that. And uh, that's how they found out. And they thought it would be cool to make like a, like a story, like a news article. And that sort of like picked up. Well, mostly with Douglas College and some people have, whenever I tell them about my, my, my company, they will Google it and the, the article will like pop up. And, so you uh, were on Shark Tank? I was on Shark Tank in oh, Mexico, wow. which is sort oh, okay. of like Dragon's Den yeah. in Canada. I don't know if you have Shark Tank. Well, <clears throat> it started, I think it started with Dragon's Den in Canada and then they made US Shark Tank. Yeah. And then I assume they made Mexican The, the Spanish Tank. version, yeah. yeah, like the Latin American okay. version. Is it, so, is it? Just all of Latin America, or is it just... It's only Mexico. Okay. There's actually a Colombian version, which is more Latin America, like more different countries, Argentina, Colombia, Peru. Interesting. Yeah, it's very cool. See, that's so fascinating to think of that we're so isolated where we are. Like, Mm. we're not isolated, but, like, we would never see that content. Yeah. Like, never, because... Well, I would imagine it's in Spanish. It's in Spanish. Yeah, Yeah, it's in Spanish. I don't know, like... To think that we already, like, we get so much stuff here, but it's still all so much North American content Mm. that we, like, we're, like, how many, like, American idols are out there? Yeah. Like, there's, I'm sure there's, I don't know, is it Mexican Idol or 
there's like versions of it that's yeah a, there's yeah. versions of it okay. but that that's that's an interesting thing because north american content in in general we also we also consume it so mm-hmm. we get to know if things are popular or things are happening or whatever big news is it's going on like we we do follow it not saying that uh you shouldn't be sh- uh, following spanish because it's a different language of course but we're more used to consuming english content as well so because right. also like pretty much every other country in the world mm-hmm. it, it's way more common to know two languages yeah right? like did yeah. you grow up speaking english and yeah. spanish yeah. Yeah. yeah so it would make sense that, yeah i like, grew up uh, learning uh english in school it was a bilingual okay. yeah. uh, school which i was privileged to to attend and that's how i learned english and I also the reason why I chose Canada to to go and live in was because I did an exchange when I when I was 16 years old in Squamish oh, okay. uh, to learn more English and do like a like a year exchange that's why pretty much I'm here that's <laughs> why okay. mm. ever since then like it was like man it would be a dream to live in Canada particularly in British Columbia like right. I fell in love it was 2006 mm. I was 16 I was like, that's a place that I would like to to live in eventually. And you were 16, so were you working at all, or was it just like? I actually did a, a <laughs> part-time job there uh, when I was in Squamish. I did like a, it was like I don't remember the name. It was in Whistle Blackcomb, so they okay. would give you a pass, and you did like, I don't know, you were a lifty, or you would help oh, out gotcha. with the restaurant stuff okay. like that. Yeah. So that was my first experience working in general. Yeah. I would say. Really? Oh, yeah. okay. Yeah. yeah. So your first job was at Whistler. I love yeah, that. to get the pass, the I season pass. That. Yeah. <clears throat> cool. I mean, that is pretty common. Like Whistler, Blackcomb, and like that area is very receptive to yeah. non-Canadians mm-hmm. working. A lot of there. Australians. Lots of Australians oh, yeah. and people from New Zealand. Yeah. 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 And but they, it's like it's their life. Yeah. Like they go there like eight months of the year, and then they either live there full time or they just move around and go do something else. Like. um when I went whitewater rafting a couple of years ago, nice. then I talked to some of the guys there and they're all Australians and they're like, yeah, like we basically like we whitewater raft for eight, six, eight months here. And mm. then we go skydiving for a couple months and then we go work the winter shifts mm. in Whistler. And it's like, we just kind of like do just random adrenaline related activities yeah. all over the world. Yeah. It's, which is wild. Yeah. Yeah. Sorry, what were we talking British Columbia is just so popular there as well. Like they already have so many natural, or like they they have a lot of things to play with around nature, and they still come here because there's obviously a mm-hmm. lot of things to do, right? But yeah, yeah, it's very popular there. Like it's interesting how much of a population from Australia and New Zealand you can find there. I think it's interesting. It is, it is. Okay, so you're 16, mm-hmm. you're in Squamish, yeah. working your first part-time job. Yeah. What then? Yeah. It was a different Squamish from what it is now. Not not, and I'm not saying it as a local or, or whatever. But for me, after being there for for a year, I, I deep down I fell in love with with the place, and uh, I tried coming back with my family to mm. to Whistler because we we didn't know much about skiing, snowboarding, all of those things. We you don't just, see a lot of snow. Down, no, down we, no, we don't have any resorts. Right, no, mm. no resorts, and. Uh, at the time, like from twenty, uh, sorry, two thousand six onwards until Vail bought Whistler Blackcomb, it was pretty inexpensive for a Mexican to come to to Canada instead of the U.S. Hmm. Mm. That makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. Um, so we kept coming back, and yeah. uh, eventually it was like I would visit different places, but deep down it was like, man, like 
I one day like that was part of it was my earlier dream before having my own apparel business living in Canada living in British yeah. Columbia so you had two dreams you wanted to live in Canada and have an apparel business yeah and you, you've done them both yeah yeah I mean they're they're still going like it's not certain yet that uh, I'm gonna live here forever hopefully but uh and then the startup it's yeah well I guess I, I did start it and it's still going on but you never know and then world mm. changes fast but it's going well it's doing yeah. we're doing good Okay, so what? Where did the idea come from for for the business? Yeah, like wh- when? How old were you when you came up with the idea? Yeah, so I graduated from from university, and uh, I was twenty three, twenty four, and I started working before graduating at a industrial retailer uh, that provided um, industrial tooling for the automotive uh, industry and companies. Pretty. I'm not an engineer, so it wasn't very interesting for me, but I started learning mm, more about business in general, about marketing, about selling, about all of the things around a, like a traditional business, you would say, like a re- traditional retail industrial business, hmm. which is a bit more complicated, I, I would say, than a regular retail. Not saying that retail is not complicated, but it's different. And if you're not an engineer, it's going to be more complicated. So I I realized about a few things uh, while I was there and I was I was very young, and uh, at the same time my sister graduated from school as well a few years before that, and um, she graduated in uh, political science or something like that. I don't know the exact translation in in English, but it was something related to politics. Right. And uh, but she didn't like it. She didn't want to do that. She was like she's always she she's always had like a keen eye for like design and. Uh, I don't know, sense for, yeah, fashion in general. And um, she was like, I I prefer to do something in that industry. So she went ahead and took like a, like a course in, in New York in a, at Parsons a School of Design, which is a, a, a very good school for design and fashion and um, whatnot. And uh, she came back and she was like, I'm going to start designing... Um, dresses for my friends and whoever wants to buy my designs mm-hmm. so she started off she started up doing pretty well but it was very time consuming she had to invest a lot a lot of time and uh, it was profitable but she had to invest a lot of a lot of her time and uh, I while I was working at the industrial retailer I realized that there were like opportunities for her to improve the business I was like it was this was when I started giving her like advice, quote unquote, not really advice, but what I thought she could do better was around tw- uh, 2014. So in Mexico, e- the e-commerce industry, it's um, behind. So the number one country in e-commerce and all of that would be the US, then Canada, then Brazil, then Mexico. So oh, okay. 2014, Mexico is still pretty behind. It's still like way behind Canada or, or the, the US, just the ecosystem for an e-commerce business to flourish. Uh, so back in 2014, it was even greener. Like mm-hmm. the space, there wasn't a lot of things. So there was there was some opportunities, even the big retailers, like the big companies. It's crazy to think about it, but let's say the Hudson Bay back in 2014, if you're in Mexico, like a, the same whatever different name of the same company in Mexico, they would have like a very bad e-commerce website. Like it was not a thing. So I was like, while I was giving this advice to my sister, I'm working in the industrial retailer and I'm also taking a project with the industrial retailer about their website and they wanted to make it better, 
uh, improve it, what not, marketing, in, uh, digital marketing. Mm -hmm. So after learning a little bit of how things worked in the like um, um, internet business, like uh, websites, uh, I was like, you, you have to have your own um, store, like e-commerce store, and uh, there's some opportunities for you. Uh, I think that at the moment, I didn't understand that it was going to be as time-consuming as the other idea because I thought that she was going to save some time and, and, and be more efficient and make it better. And I don't know. This was, these were the ideas. Anyways, so after learning how to... After understanding how like websites work and uh, selling online and all of that with the industrial retailer, I was like, now let me try it with my sister and, and, and her designs. Mm. So she creates a line of, of uh, ready-to-wear um, items, which is, uh, it wasn't t-shirts obviously, but it's stuff that you can just buy and wear on a daily basis. So pants, uh, jackets, stuff like that. So not dresses, not, not, uh, haute couture is called, which is dresses. And, um, out of all of the products that we were selling, one stood out and it was, it was like a, like an Italian woolen cape that it was like a square design. It was very easy to design. It was very easy to make and the material on the on the cape was very good and uh, that product was the best seller <clears throat> during that um, during that period and that was the first big learning like people are buying online in Mexico so at the at the moment it was like a bit crazy to be like oh you're selling online like who's gonna give you their credit card information and stuff <laughs> questions like that yeah. it was uh, archaic the same questions say. that everyone asked when they yeah, first started yeah. probably what Canada like <clears throat> how the environment looked in Canada in I don't know like 2006 yeah or, like the yeah, yeah the late 90s yeah late 90s yeah. man like that's Mexico in 2010 like yeah. it's far behind so that product stood out. We realized that creating a whole line of different products had a lot of hassles and, and difficulties. And we we're like, you know what? Why don't we just focus on one product? Let's do only the woolen cape. So after that, we decided to just move forward with the woolen cape. And at the same time, I realized that there were like, my sister was sort of like leading the whole, the business. Hmm. And we wouldn't counter with, I wanted to go faster. And I right. couldn't move forward. And I didn't have like the passion to, to design women's clothes or, or anything like that. So at the same time that we were, we were still selling that product, I was on the other side. I was thinking about, let me create a, a shirt for, a, for a, with merino wool. Let me create, I don't know, like a, let me, I want to try out different fabrics. I want to try out different materials out of sheer curiosity. And uh, while doing some research about fabrics, materials, and designs, and all of this and that. I also started uh, doing research on the industry in general, like what could be improved, what could be different. And I realized that there were a lot of like underlying issues in the industry. It's changed a lot since 2015-ish, 2016-ish, to what is now. It's changed a lot. It Obviously, it's improved in, in, in many cases. There's still a lot of issues. And I was like... I feel like you could have a brand that does things in general better. Like mm. you can have better materials, you can have simple designs, which I will learn. I already learned that was in general, people would, would go for like simple, basic designs, good materials and affordable. I realized that 
at the time that uh, Mexican designers in the moment, they were selling pretty expensive for what the product was itself. Like the material wasn't great. The design was very good, but probably you were just going to wear it once and then throw it away. So I wanted something that wasn't designer, that wasn't uh, super crazy expensive and didn't make sense in terms of the material that it was being offered to the to the people, to the market. And uh, that's pretty much how it started. I, after that, it evolved into testing different fabrics, different materials. Uh, we tested tensile, bamboo, merino wool. Merino wool is still pretty, not unknown in Mexico, but I do feel that in general, people here in Canada are more aware of materials in general, mm-hmm. um, textile-wise. Right. Mm-hmm. Just that there's more available or there's, like, just, there's more Just because, the, because of the weather, because it's more of a factor in a day-to-day life for people. People are, people are more aware of how they should, uh, what they should wear, sorry. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I guess that makes sense. Like, we have to dress for every season. Exactly. Yeah, yeah like, we go from negative 20 to plus 20. 40 yeah. like mm-hmm. in one year so yeah. yeah that's fair so so yeah it, it didn't it, it wasn't like you know what uh, i want to create this company that want i want to sell millions of t-shirts that that was never like the the end goal it was more of how i can do things differently how i can create something completely different to what's there and um, that's that's a real base of why I do it. Mm-hmm. it it's not really because I want to sell more stuff. There's already millions of brands. Like, why am I, why am I going to be the million and one brand? Right. Like, man, I don't want to be that person. That's, that's pretty much m- the mindset. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Interesting. Okay. So you started the business so you started with your sister and then you decided you didn't want to design women's clothes. And then you went from that to designing men's clothes. Mm-hmm. So you designed the clothes yourself? Me and my sister. So at the end, I was like, you know what? Her uh, her nickname is Misha. We mm. were, I was like, Misha, I, 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 I have this idea that I want to pursue. Like, I'm not going to move forward with what you're doing. But if you want to partner with me, like, this is my vision. This is what I want to do. Do you want to partner up? And since the beginning, she was on board. Awesome. Yeah. So she's, her, like, opinions, her touch in terms of design, it's crucial. Because uh, mm. she, she she knows how, like, design-wise, how things work. I'll bring the ideas, because, again, we try to go for basic stuff. So it's nothing too complicated in terms of design, which eventually you learn that it's not as easy, even <laughs> though it's a T-shirt. Like, there's, there's, like, things that can go wrong, especially with bamboo fabric, which is a very delicate and complicated material. Is that what this is? Yeah. Ah. Mm-hmm. So your sister's still involved now? Yeah. Is yeah, she yeah, here yeah. or is she in Mexico? No, she's in Mexico. She oh, lives okay. in Mexico City. Okay. So she's more of like the, the eye. Like she's, exactly. She's yeah. the fashion mm-hmm. one. Mm-hmm. And then what is it exactly that you're managing? The business side of things? Yeah. Now? most yeah. Well, mostly like the research and development for, for improving the design, bringing, testing different materials. That's what really like... That's really like uh, my favorite part. Like if I could do something all day, all day long, I could be ordering textiles and fabrics and materials and just making different stuff. I feel like that that on a day-to-day, that's what I would love to do. But there's a lot of things that I have to work with. So I also work with the advertising. I do the marketing, the e-commerce part, which I really enjoy as well. Mm-hmm. 
Um, but she also, she takes care of, like, design-wise, I would say we both have, like, a, a thing to say. She, I will bring an idea in terms of design or, like, a material, and she, like, she will, will give me her opinion on this works, this doesn't work, like, this is what we need to kind of do, like, this would be better. So we kind of do, like, 50%, 50%. Mm. Um, she also takes care of the financial, which I also, it's 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 hard as well to separate things like we do a lot of things at the same time sort of like i i look over most of the the things like the administrative the financial marketing as well uh, yeah i in the beginning when people ask me like what what is it that you or how how would you describe yourself and i've i've always struggled being calling myself like ceo or like director yeah, when it's just uh, the you and your sister, yeah, like, that's tough. Yeah, yeah, I don't, I don't, I don't like that. I usually go for founder. Okay. And, uh, uh, but in, nowadays I do, I do say that I'm more of a director because I do oversee a lot of things. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Hmm. Okay, so, <laughs> okay, so walk me through this shirt. Mm-hmm. Like this is not. I'm, I'm, let me, yeah, please let me, open. I'm it. gonna feel this. One. Yes. I want to feel this bamboo silk. Yeah, it's yeah. it's really an experience. Yeah, Zach, get a feeling. Yeah, it looks very light. Yeah. It's super yeah. light. Yeah. yeah. Oh, it's nice. It's kind of stretchy uh, too. Yeah. Yeah. It's ninety percent uh, bamboo viscose and five percent spandex. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Oh, okay. So it's stretchy and light and breathable. Yeah. Pretty. That's awesome. It's really, 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 really comfortable. It's I very soft, it. and it 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 will change if you wear it for a while. It will change your experience with cotton, like with mm. traditional cotton t-shirts. Really? They will start feeling different. It's kind of crazy. It's Are like, you, like you would say this is better than cotton? Um, I don't like to say that one fabric or material right. is, is better than the other. Because they serve different purposes. Exactly. Exactly. Uh, it, it really depends what you're going to wear it for. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like I could see like this being obviously popular in hotter climates like Mexico. Yeah. Yeah. It, of course. It, it works. It's perfect with like... I don't know, like a fifteen Celsius weather, like a dry weather. Mm-hmm. If it's if it's uh, if there's a lot of moisture, it kind of like uh, absorbs it, and it's not the best because mm-hmm. it absorbs moisture pretty quickly, and it will retain it. Kind of similar to cotton, in like synthetics, for example, they won't retain moisture. They, okay. That's why they're great for sports. Interesting. So if you just want to wear it like casually and uh, yeah, it's it's gonna it's gonna perform well. Like it's gonna be very comfortable. Yeah. Is there a lot of stuff in Canada made of bamboo? I don't feel like it's very popular here. Yeah, n- not overly popular. I think I've owned a couple bamboo t-shirts mm. over I don't years, think I have Nice. Yeah. yeah. I don't know. Actually, I think the underwear that I'm wearing right now is bamboo. Okay. Nice. If I'm being told. I can see okay. like this being a nice underwear. Yeah. 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 Do you do you underwear at all? Not yet. Not yet. We, is that something you're yeah, planning? Yeah, we're planning on doing, yeah. yeah. Nice. Boxer briefs that. and underwear for women as well. Nice. Okay. So walk me through this t-shirt. You designed this, mm-hmm. and then from that idea in your head, where does it go? Um, in, ter- in terms of how we want it to perform, you mean, or how in terms how we of how it, how or... did this how does this go from an idea in your head to this being a physical shirt? Oh, okay, that's a great that's a great question. And in in the beginning, it was it was hard as well to look for sort of like a blueprint because mm. you could look for a blueprint in terms of starting your own apparel business 
but not really this particular product because you couldn't find it really in Mexico at the time in 2017. Right. So there wasn't really something that I could like order and just buy buy one T-shirt and be like, let me let me see how it looks, let me see how how it drapes, how it performs, and so it was it was something different as well for like the the person who who cuts and sews the the material. It was something new for them as well to work with. Okay. So. He, yeah, it was like this is our design. This is what we this is what we want to do. And then from there, they struggled so much. Like the people who were actually cutting and sewing the the t-shirt, they would struggle a lot with how the fabric um, behaved because fabric and materials uh, they behave different. Mm-hmm. So if people are more experienced with dealing with traditional cotton, traditional polyester, nylon, they're not they're not gonna know how how this material sort of behaves. So that's interesting, and that was an experience that took us a little while to really understand that the people that were doing the clothes, they didn't even had the experience on how how to work with it, which mm. is, you would just say, like, yeah, they will know how to do it, <laughs> but no. So it's um, like brand new material, basically. Yeah. Like they for, don't know. Yeah, no, no, it was, it was a new material. It was a new material in Mexico, yeah. and uh, we were the first ones to, to manufacture bamboo t-shirts in Mexico. Okay. The first ones. Really? So that was a big thing. Yeah, I know. It's crazy. Okay, so you're you were very much uh, a fore forerunner on that. Yeah. Yeah. Is it way is it blown up since then? Like everyone's the doing bamboo? Is, uh it's growing. There's all there's like these new uh companies that like are sort of like not copying I would say, but they're starting to use bamboo fabric more more regularly. Mm-hmm. It's not easy to 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 get your hands uh with the material it's not easy to find in the market in general yeah where do you get that like from china to, yeah yeah that makes sense so you have to import it you have to do like i don't know you have to do some things to to get it over either in small quantities or getting directly with the supplier mm-hmm. so that there's a lot of things that are complicated and um you can find it in the u.s the fabric but i don't know yeah hmm interesting because they're uh, in china they're the only ones who have the patent for the yarn Oh. So they're the ones who... So yeah. they send over yarn? Like exactly. So yarn. let's say that I was going to make the fabric in Mexico. Okay. I would have to import the yarn still. Right. I couldn't make the yarn in Mexico or the US or Canada. Okay. Yeah, so, so, this, so this shirt is made in China? No. Just the fabric. Just the fabric. Yeah. It's so manufactured the, in Mexico. Exactly. So yeah. you yeah. get the yarn from China and then... No, it's no, no, no. So the, fa- the yarn, uh, it's woven into the fabric. Okay. The fabric and the coloring, uh, the dyeing, sorry, it's made in, in, in China. We import the fabric and then okay. we go forward making the t-shirts. Okay, got it. Mm-hmm. Got it, got it. Got so it. the manufacturing company is in, in, in Mexico. Okay, interesting. Mm-hmm. And does the, the manufacturing, does that happen like in a, is that a small operation or are you kind of outsourcing so, it to a larger? Exactly, or, yeah. that's exactly it. So okay. we outsource it with, a, with an experience factory. Mm. In uh, it, it's it's funny because uh, Mexico used to be a big textile player in mm. the world okay. in the seventies, eighties, really, even nineties, and then uh, with China like supplying the whole world with apparel and textiles, Mexico fell through. But the only the small cluster that was left was in the city that I was living at the moment, which is called Puebla, which is still like a textile cluster out of the, the like the not the only one that's left there's more places but that was pretty lucky so i don't i don't 
I don't know, man. Destiny or however you want to yeah. call it, right? So you being it just makes sense. Yeah. Things yeah. just yeah, it's it's funny. I don't know. I guess it kind of makes sense. Like I would, I was born here in Abbotsford, where it's like the agricultural hub. Exactly. It's like, oh look, I'm in agriculture. Shocking. Yeah. But to think that you, I mean, you weren't raised in the textile industry. No, not at all. No, not at all. Nothing. I was completely new, and that was part of also the small advantage that I had. Mm-hmm. that I wasn't romanticizing the industry. I was very right. critical with the industry and I, I looked at it as a, as an external player. Yeah, I wasn't impressed by the uh, catwalks and I wasn't impressed by the four seasons that they want to push over. So being critical about those things was what made Elementa or, or it's what makes Elementa different to traditional brands that... Um, I'm I'm very critical in terms of they create I mean that's how a lot of things work in the world in general but they create the the um, the supply they create the demand for it for me that doesn't make too much sense like they're creating so much stuff slash garbage I would just, <laughs> a lot of it just goes straight to the garbage and that's yeah that's ridiculous man that how is how is that happening but anyways I feel again that's when you can I feel like you can optimize the whole process and I don't think the world needs tons and tons of apparel and fabrics and materials I feel like there definitely could be less in the world and nothing would happen. Mm. Yeah, you're probably right about that. Mm-hmm. I mean, you're in the industry so I'm sure you're right about that. Mm. But No, I'm, I'm I'm I don't know, I'm still not you're the you were the first guy to bring bamboo silk into Mexico. Yeah, you were on the the Mexican Shark Tank. What is it called? Just Shark Tank. It's shark Tank Mexico. Okay. Yeah, Shark Tank. Mm-hmm. Mexico. that's better. Mm-hmm. That's better. <laughs> you were. I mean, you're obviously still very successful with Elementa. Like, you seem like you're doing well. <laughs> Thanks, Russell. Yeah. 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 People. More and more people are getting to to try the like a different material like mm-hmm. they're not stuck they're not stuck with cotton anymore like there's more options more other than just synthetic cotton the traditional ones mm-hmm. that's pretty much our whole idea behind elemental like bringing just different materials that you can try that in our opinion perform differently and really change your day your day to day and uh i don't know affordable price mm-hmm. and um yeah this is an off tangent, but have mm-hmm. you like have you heard anything about hemp coming yeah, up? Yeah, yeah, I've tried okay. it. I tried it. It performs differently. Uh, it's not as soft. It was definitely it was definitely like a, the experience with bamboo was really something that stood out mm. compared to hemp. I really like hemp as well. That's something that I would love to work with as well. Yeah, all of the natural fibers in general, uh, like I would like to work with. Like I. But again, I'm very, I'm in this, I'm always in this question inside my brain about should I, should I make more products? Like, should I make this or that? Like, should I go ahead and, and just for the sake of it, just because, Mm -hmm. right? Like, just to try. Yeah. Just like, yeah. Like, I feel like it has to make sense. Like, okay. It's got to make sense business wise too, Business, exactly. It has to make sense for the market. It has to make sense for us as a business. And it has to provide some sort of difference. It cannot be something that's already there. Hmm. But yeah, hemp. I love. I love the fabric. I love the fabric. Yeah. I like. I like cotton as well. Like uh, obviously, it's very demonized. Uh, like how it's produced and how much resources it takes. But I. I still like it a lot. Like I still have a lot of cotton 
uh, fabrics and mm-hmm. items. Made yeah, I mean, cotton's not going anywhere. It's no, huge no, no. in North America, yeah. all over. Now it's pretty common to, to find uh, recycled cotton, which I think it's pretty cool. Yeah, that's great. Recycled anything is yeah. cool, right? Like, yeah. I'm sure, like, I wear this and then it goes in the garbage. Or I wear this and then I'm done with it and it gets recycled and then it gets through this some sort of... I don't know how recycling yeah, yeah, works. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But... To, to reuse this and make it into something else like that's exactly amazing. yeah 100 percent. yeah and part of like the challenges for for apparel is apparel business big ones and small ones it's that's part of their challenges right now it's not about it used to be just to think about uh let me create this product and sell it to the market right now the challenges that they're facing it's like okay and they've they finished using that item in six months in five years what's gonna happen to it right. like that that's a new question it's been on for a while, of course. Some brands like completely ignore or they, they say that they're doing something about it. But in reality, I feel like that that question should go should come first. Mm-hmm. Then can I sell more? Right. Yeah, you should know before you sell a product, you should know where it's going to end up. Yeah. Like, is it recyclable? Can people reuse it? Yeah. If, is we're just gonna end up in the dump. Yeah, and and I'm not saying that bamboo or like the mix that I'm that I'm selling. I'm not saying that it's the most the most sustainable mm-hmm. in general as well. I feel like sustainable. It's a very complex complex world uh, word. Sorry, we throw it around a lot. We and... throw it very easily, and it 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 really, in my opinion, sustainable. It's kind of like it's it. I don't know. This is okay. This might be a little bit hard, but I. It's hard. It doesn't. Might not exist. Like it's. It can be like. Obviously, there's responsible ways of doing a lot of things, a lot of mm. processes. But like to be sustainable. Well, yeah. I guess there's many processes that can be sustainable, of course. But uh, at least in the apparel industry, it's a it's a huge word. Yeah, I mean, there's no way that you can make a T-shirt and know for a hundred percent guarantee that it's going to be completely recycled and not going to end up in in a landfill yeah, or, yeah. or in a waste product and somehow like yeah. you just can't do that yeah and the amount of energy that it took to make the shirt you can't really reuse either right? exactly so there's obviously going to be some waste with every product yeah but yeah so sustainable isn't always the right word but i like the responsible part yeah exactly like, same I, yeah. I feel like that's the correct approach yeah. and by being responsible you you can ask those questions about like what's gonna happen, who are we impacting, what are the conditions for the workers, what's the conditions of the workers that are making the fabric. That responsibility is what makes it really different, and not all of the brands do it that way. Yeah. Like they're more concerned about how can I grow and sell more and make more money. I feel like, in general, that's I don't know. I that's not how I think about things. I like that. Mm-hmm. Very cool, and I agree with you. Like. We should be looking at our recycling and our sustainability, but first we should make sure that everybody involved in the process is being treated fairly. Yeah. Like that should be number one. Exactly. Number two should probably be profit or else you won't be in business. And then number three can be sustainability yeah. or or the environment or those types of issues. Yeah. Is that... Okay, so you mentioned that that's now one of the bigger questions for these textile industries and companies that, okay, what the, 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 the sustainability, the, the carbon footprint, as it were, is that, would you like, like you've been in Canada for a while. Would mm-hmm. you say it's the same feeling? Cause like, we're very conscious of that in mm-hmm. Canada yeah. as well. Like, yes. is it the same in, in Mexico? No, it's not the same. No, okay. we're behind for sure. Yeah. Yeah. Canada is, would be considered like a leader for, 
uh, mm-hmm. in that sense of uh, recycling, sustainability. Although I was very surprised. I was looking at a video the other day. I don't know if you guys had the chance to see it. But they, they were there was this couple and they were following like a recycling uh, company. Okay. Or like they were following where the recycling was uh, going to. Mm-hmm. And apparently it was leading to like a... Like the like a waste a waste place like a oh interesting place. it wasn't really being recycled yeah they just put it in the, in the dump with yeah the rest. And, and that was here and I was like man okay I am there's still people that don't care right it, and it's fine but and and legally apparently like that's okay like it yeah. happens like, sometimes <coughs> you cannot recycle everything and it's okay oh. and, or they like yeah. send it somewhere else and yeah so it's only actually like the amount that you think that you recycle here it's only like a tenth of it actually ends up getting recycled. Yeah. Because a lot of it is, like, people somehow get the idea that if you, like, put things in a recycle bag and then it goes, you know, to the, with everything else, like, people are going to, like, open these bags up Mm -hmm. and sort your trash. Like, no one's sorting your trash. It's not how it works. Either, but basically, if there's any little bit that is unrecyclable in with the recyclables, it all gets trashed. Mm -hmm. Which is wild yeah it was like this is not a good system no so like i'm glad we have the systems in place but we're only recycling like a fraction of what we actually think we're recycling yeah and the thing is that as a society there's a lot of uh, i i guess in in canada not uh, i'm part of the society as well yeah but um uh, we we usually like to uh would is uh, the terminology pat yourself in the back, like make yourself mm. feel, feel good, yeah. and yeah. then whatever else happens doesn't matter because you already you yeah. feel good. Yeah, that's very, very common here. If we think that we're doing something good, it doesn't matter if we are. Mm-hmm. You know, and that ties into like, you know, doing things just to make ourselves look good as well, like consciously and also unconsciously. Like, again, we, 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 we have these amazing systems in place, these recycling and composting, and it looks great on paper. It mm-hmm. looks great for politicians. Mm-hmm. It looks great for lots of things. You know, the even even dairy farming, it's, we're going to be net zero by 2050. Mm-hmm. No, we're not. Yeah. That's not how this works. <laughs> That's a great goal, guys, but it's not going to work. It's yeah. already 2023, and yeah. we're like 5% of the way there. So, yeah. Yeah. Like we, I guess we are leaders in that regard, but mm-hmm. a lot of it is just fireworks and exactly. showmanship. Yeah, yeah, that's that's exactly it. Yeah, not not saying that it's bad. Like it's, again, no, it, it's already it's way more progressed than what's happening in Mexico. Absolutely, hundred yeah. percent. It's a noble pursuit. Yes, but I would just rather it be less showy. Yes, and more. Hey, this is our realistic goals that we're gonna do. Hundred percent. Yeah. I, I agree with you. I feel like as a society, we're too scared about facing reality and knowing the actual truth that we like, people like to lie about oh, yeah. themselves or like they, yeah, they don't, they, they're just so afraid of how reality really is. And mm-hmm. yeah, in general. Yeah, that's true. People are scared of, to actually know the truth about things mm-hmm. and they'd rather just be told things and believe them without really looking into it, which is I don't know. I can't blame anyone for no, doing that. No, 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 no. I'm sure I do it all the time. We all do it, yeah. It. Yeah. Where were we? I've lost track. All over the place. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, I, I did have matter. a couple more questions about Elemental. Yeah, yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Um, 
So we have the shirt. Is that mm-hmm. the only thing that you guys have? So we actually right now, we or? actually started with V-Nex. Okay. Nice. <laughs> we started with V-Nex. From there, we went uh, with uh, Crewnex, long sleeve, and then we've uh, last year we we made some bamboo fleece. So for sweatshirts and sweatpants mm. as well, and um, we also work with we we create like small lines of product with different materials with like organic cotton, uh, linen cotton mixed with linen and uh that's like a small line uh, that my sister like designs only like she only focuses on that sometimes i don't have to do anything with it um but yeah we want to increase uh into boxers boxer briefs for men's uh uh women's as well and um socks mm-hmm. bamboo socks mm. That's awesome. Yeah. Yeah. I was... Oh, sorry, go ahead. I was just going to say, underwear seems like a good place to yeah. be. Like, yeah. <laughs> there's a lot of very uh, fashionable to to be glib mm-hmm. uh, companies that, yeah. that are in that space. It yeah, seems absolutely. like a good place to go into. And I think it's something that people are more... I mean, from a Canadian perspective, people are more interested in like diving into. Like, I was a boxers guy mm. my whole life. Mm. And now, recently, I'm a boxer's brief. Mm-hmm. And it's like, it's a game changer. Yeah, it it's is. different. Yeah, yeah, it is very it's really different. It's really nice. Yeah. And it's comfort. It's about comfort, yeah. right? Like, exactly. people want to be more comfortable. Exactly. And they want to have that. They can be fashionable and comfortable at the same time. And if you can do both of those things, and it's not crazy expensive, you're golden. Like, you've hit the trifecta. Yeah. I, I think you, you, you just named it, Russell. You said comfortable. That's mm-hmm. where we're going. I got, that's the trend. That's... Well, not the trend. Yeah, yes, a trend, but that's where we're going as a, as consumers. Like that's where we want to go. We want more comfortable, mm-hmm. something that you can wear like everywhere, like in in the workplace that you can also wear. Yeah. Um, at home, which is sort of what happened as well with, uh, with like Carhartt, for example, It's something that's very right? versatile. It's something yeah. like the the workwear stuff. It's so so versatile and it's adaptable to different environments. So might as well, because because of the comfort, you can use it just everywhere, yeah. and then from there it, it's just evolved into more of like a yeah. fashion. That's a that's a good like example that. of a very successful business plan. And that's what's happening as well with like Arcteryx, Lululemon. It's clothing that it, that was meant for uh, for outdoors, for play, and all of this and that. And now people are wearing it in the city. Like it's uh, yeah. like people are all over Vancouver. That everyone's wearing Arcteryx, and it's not meant for the city but it's that versatility it's that comfort that that um that's why it's become like a thing yeah i think i think that's it's becoming more it's become more common now right Mm -hmm. to wear you know athletic wear to work yeah you know to wear yeah i can wear uh, an athletic jacket to work and it's fine right like you in the beginning you would just wear that if you were athletic yeah but now you just wear it all the time. I yeah. think more. I think people are more f- athletic mm-hmm. in general. In general, yeah. But I think also the the fashion has changed to be more accepting of. You yeah. Know, like Twenty years ago, did you wear leggings to work? No, you couldn't. No, you, you didn't couldn't. do that. Right. Yeah, but for women, it's more comfortable. And then for men, maybe wearing a, like a synthetic T-shirt is just more comfortable because you're sweating at the end of the day when you're working. Mm-hmm. Like if you're in a computer or whatever you're doing. Yeah. So. I, I, it's all about the, the comfort yeah that's very true like I'm so glad that we live in a world where it's like hey 
I just serve coffee at Starbucks. I should be allowed to be comfortable. Yeah. I want to wear comfy shoes mm. and comfy leggings. Like, leave me alone. Yeah. Let me do it. Yeah. And for the most part, we're good. Yeah. We're happy in that. So. Yeah. I, I think that also kind of leads into my next question of, so like the Carhartt Lululemon kind of mm-hmm. thing, like that's kind of taking functional clothing as, as a fashion statement, mm-hmm. right? So you see somebody wearing a, a Carhartt flannel, mm. like, oh, that's a working man. Or you mm. see a lady walking down the street in <laughs> yeah. Lululemon. It's like, oh, she just came back from yoga. Yeah. Like you're making these judgment calls based on the the branding of clothing that they're wearing. Mm-hmm. Uh, so my question is, you are selling plain black t-shirts. Mm-hmm. And you're putting more of an emphasis on comfort by the sounds of it. Yeah. So does that present any challenges? Like as, as a clothing company, there's no logo. Mm-hmm. So how do people hear about you? And, and is, mm-hmm. was that a conscious decision to like do no logo? I, th- there's one. We oh, there do, is an th- e. We okay. do have like a small logo, yeah. which is changed in the more, uh, in the newer, um, productions. We place it down in the bottom. Okay. Cause we, what we, we do a lot of, we reach out to the customers. We ask a lot of questions. It's, Yes, for feedback, but their opinion, it's, it's very important. Like, whatever they say that needs to be changed in the, in the T-shirt, we will change it. So, it, it sounds like traditional feedback from companies, right? Like, mm-hmm. give us your feedback and we will make the changes. <laughs> but we really, we take it seriously. Like, we will make a change in the next production, and that's what's different as well. We have sort of like a, like a technologic approach or like a technology industry approach to that, that there's going to be the version 2.1 of the t-shirt and it's going to have this difference and people love that mm-hmm. and obviously they love that because we're listening to them and we're we're changing the product with them um yeah and I, yeah it evolves with your consumers it evolves yeah. with the consumers so okay and uh as answering the question uh the thing with bamboo t-shirts they look different like yeah. if, if you see the fabric the material it does drape and fold different i was gonna say like you're wearing one now yeah it's, yeah like it, even the bunching of the arm yeah, is different. It it does look a little bit different, so people are curious to know if if they pay a lot of attention, they will be like, Man, what is this? Or mm. if they touch it, they will be like, What what is what is that? What are you wearing? Mm. And then we do have the small logo. If if I if I could I would remove it, but people like it. They're like, Don't mm. remove it, keep it uh, we like it there. Yeah. I think it's it's small enough that it's not flashy. Yeah. Right? Like I get that you you don't you want you don't want a logo you don't need a logo but you still kind of want that that recognition. You have yeah. You need yeah. the recognition. You need it yeah. Yeah. And people like it as well. They wanna so at least in Mexico the the market they wanna differentiate they they wanna be differentiated from what they're choosing what they're mm-hmm. yeah. If I could again I would make it plain but yeah. they they've they've we've made like a lot of research on that and they they want it they wanna keep it. I think that kind of, I mean, it plays into our primal urges, right? It's, we, we want to, we got this, we got bought this really cool t-shirt off of this really cool e-commerce website and you want people to know about yeah. it. You, you want to talk it, about it. Somebody's yeah. going to ask, oh, what's, yeah. where'd you get this shirt? Yeah. Let me feel the fabric. Where is, like, people want that, right? Yeah. They want to, they want to be, feel like they made a good choice. They want to feel scene yeah it's just yeah yeah that's how we behave exactly and then something that i that i didn't explain as well that some of the things that we do differently is we work with pre-sales i don't know if if i'm if that's the proper uh terminology but whenever we're doing like a production uh of of t-shirts let's say that we're making three thousand t-shirts or something like that or we have the fabric to to produce three thousand t-shirts 
we do a pre-sale. So when we have the fabric at the factory, we will start letting people know that this is happening. Like we're going to have a pre-sale and uh, we start getting orders at the moment that we're before producing. So mm. in that way, we can take care of the demand without over producing. Mm. So we never have leftovers. They always, they always uh, finish. Interesting. So it, since we started, the wait times for a new production were longer. Now they're starting to be more regular. Uh, sorry, no. We're having more productions more regularly, but at the end of the day, we our pursuit is to like have like zero stock most mm -hmm. of the time. So right. We still have stock, of That's course. Smart. Yeah, yeah you want your demand always to be higher than your supply. Exactly. Yeah. It does have challenges. It, it does, as we grow, it's becoming more complicated. But I do feel that we we have, there's like a, eventually, I don't know the number yet, but we're going to cap how many t-shirts we produce. Hmm. Oh, That's really? That's the thing, yeah. That will probably bring more competition, people that will try to replicate the same, the same product. But I feel like the what's behind the brand, like why we're doing it that way, people are still going to consume it. Or they're, they're still going to choose us mm -hmm. because of why we're doing it. Oh, that's perfect. Yeah. Because it's like an ethical thing, right? Yeah. Like, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Less I waste. Yeah. I don't think there needs to be more. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Fair enough. So yeah. if you were like, when you reach that cap, like if you went above that, mm -hmm. you think that they would, they would just go to waste or you wouldn't be able to do it, produce it yeah. as ethically exactly. as you can now. Yeah. But obviously, obviously there's, there's constraints. There's always like, okay, so you have the, and part of the question that I answered, uh, with the, has there all, has there been like a feeling that you cannot explain that, mm. um, how was the, the question was it? Like, what was the exact Have you question? experienced something you, you can't explain? Yeah. yeah. So that, that's like that. I don't know if you want to talk about that later, but before going into that question, there's in my, the way that I think about things there's there's a lot of doubts about if i should produce more right but again you see other companies that are very they're not the best i want to leave it that way they're not the best and they're selling it to everyone it's like i prefer to i prefer for the people for the market to have more of my product than theirs right like sort of that's sort of the approach so at some t in some some occasions i become very competitive and i'm like you know no like there needs to be more but yeah. in some other occasions i'm like oh my like there's just, so much yeah. waste already like the and there from a business like a really shark uh business wise perspective it's not the best like you want to be like the company that sells the most t-shirts like why are you thinking about capping your your production that doesn't even make sense business wise yeah. yeah so it's that struggle man oh that's a dilemma uh -huh. i think it that is. does create an interesting like like in the same respect that seeing somebody with a logo on a t-shirt mm -hmm. like oh what is that mm -hmm. i think it creates an interesting culture thing too yeah like, yeah you well, have i have this yeah yeah, yeah. No. On that note, how long does it take? If I was to go onto the website now and order a t-shirt, mm -hmm. how long so, am I looking at? At the moment, right now, we have pretty low stock. People are, people get angry, man, at us. <laughs> really? They start to get angry at us. Yeah. They demand the product. That's from where that... When I, when I told you to repeat the question, that's when... I start to get the feeling like I need to please them. I need, I need to give them what they're asking for. Mm -hmm. Like They need that product instead of going to, to a different brand that doesn't give it damn about stuff 
Right. So, so let's say that let's say that we were starting a pre-sale right now. That means that we already have the fabric. Like we are not gonna, like there's not gonna. Um, even if the world collapses, we still have the fabric and we can somehow make it work and we will give, we will uh, uh, send the t-shirts, if that makes sense. Um, so it usually takes around three weeks, three to four oh, weeks. Let's okay. say it's a pre-sale. It's not horrible. Yeah. yeah. Now, is that for me in Canada or is that in Mexico? Right now we only sell in Mexico. Oh, that's we, oh, we do want to, like pretty soon we want to start uh, just subsidizing like the shipment because it's pretty expensive yeah, but make imagine, it work yeah. somehow so that people are able to because it's you we can't ship it we can like it's it, it is there but we just haven't looked at the it's price business opportunity yeah. how to subsidize and make it work because yeah. that would we would have to subsidize it because it's just too expensive it would be like more than 30 bucks it would be like 40 i would say to get it like a to get it here yeah so we would have to do something about it <sighs> But it's possible. It's possible. Yeah. It's part of we're working on it. Yeah, that's that's kind of the same argument, right? Like, okay, I could get bigger, grow my business, get more successful, and then branch out into other markets. But yeah, how how much bigger do you want to be? Yeah, yeah. And that's that's something. Uh, and uh, you would of course think about Patagonia. So Patagonia would be a good example of a company who really does things differently. Mm-hmm. I'm not saying that they're perfect. They have their flaws, but I think it's a very interesting take on on the industry. What can you explain that? So they 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 don't they don't sell their products to just for profits. So they sell it in order to take care of the planet. So okay. all of the the profits they go into a fund that oversees um, taking care of the planet. So oh. what that means is that they take legal action into taking care of the planet and whatever legal course that they can do in order to protect nature and to protect the environment uh they use the profits for that okay but at, at the same time it's still a business yeah so mm-hmm. they cover their costs yeah. and then the excess the the, the well the, the pro- what profits. they say is that their profits will go into protecting the planet that's how they market it okay and uh yeah i guess that's they, pretty vague. they're they private they are private owned so that ma- what they're saying makes sense yeah total sense if they were public, no, no way. Like, what do you mean? Like, there's um, people making money out of out of you selling the the clothes, right? Like the um, yeah, interesting uh, stakeholders. Yeah, I was mm-hmm. I wasn't familiar with that. Mm-hmm. I didn't know that. Yeah, cause cause I I questioned them. I was like, okay, you're selling a lot of things. Like, what do you mean you're like you're not a non-profit but how does that make sense but eventually like pretty recently i think less than a year ago they came up with this uh all of the profits are going into the into the fund interesting mm-hmm. hmm. i like that I yeah. Really do. yeah 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 and i hope that they are sincere in what happens exactly to that money yeah. yeah and hopefully i explain it correctly otherwise you can just google it and yeah. i think pretty easy to find out what they're doing but i think yeah definitely definitely that's a that's a good take I just don't know a lot about clothing companies in general, no, so okay. I don't. Yeah. It's not something I follow a lot. Yeah. Like I've never been into fashion. Mm. Like I, I, I get my clothes at the thrift store, mm-hmm. right? It's yeah. Just... That's great. That's great. Like just getting the most out of what's out there. I think that's that's amazing, and that's following a little bit of what Patagonia did as well. They they were they were the first one to be like, do not buy this this jacket. They created this advertising in the New York Times. 
in the 2000s. Oh, really? They, they placed uh, an advertisement in the New York Times and had a jacket. And I, they were like, this is our new jacket. This is what it does for you. But you don't need to buy it. It's like, if you can repair whatever you have, go for it. If, you, if you're thinking about a, uh, getting a jacket in general, might as well go for this one. Mm-hmm. That was brilliant. They, they, yeah. they, oh. they, that was very smart and out of the box. And it was, it was very good. It's still like a, like a very well-studied case. Yeah. Uh, success case. Interesting. Very creative. Interesting. Yeah, very you, valid. It, it's only... You have to be a, a, a trendsetter, right? You have to mm-hmm. be a game changer in order to really be known. Yeah. Especially now. Like you have to do something different. Even though we've done everything, mm-hmm. somehow you have to be different. Mm-hmm. Which is wild. It's wild. Yeah. I don't know. What do you think? Like, Do you feel a responsibility to have to think outside the box? Do you feel like you have to be doing something different than you already are? I, I feel... Like, as, as we progress as a society, I feel like there's a need to to do things differently, uh, mm. to improve them as, as they are. Like, I right. feel like it's just our nature to to either improve it or change it. We really, as, as a race, as a human race, we really cannot control just being in one place and not trying to improve something, man. It's yeah. like our, it's our, the way we are. And, yeah. I get that. Mm-hmm. I get that. I agree with you. We, yeah, we can't stay stagnant forever. No. Like we, we're always changing. We're always thinking of ways to improve. We're always think we're thinking of ways to not improve too. But as well, yeah, yeah. There's <laughs> always the negative aspects as well. But eventually, yeah, it's all innovation. Yeah, it's all innovation. Yeah, I mean, who knows where we're going? But like, we cannot stop it. And but but going back to the to the you need to do things differently, which. In a sense, it's sort of like a cliche as well. Yes, I, I feel like if you if you want to stand out, if you want to really have like a mm. uh, like an impact in in society, you definitely have to mix it up and yeah, do it differently. Not not saying that that's why you have to do it. Like that's your why. Like just to do things differently. Well, okay, cool. But there's always like an end to mm. to that thinking, like uh, thought process. Yeah, because you're you're actually um, questioning a process or a or a thing, and that's that's where things start to naturally be different. Yeah, everything has a shelf life, as mm-hmm. it were, right? Mm-hmm. So if you if you have one product, people are gonna love it. It's great; they buy it. But if you're not already thinking of what your next five steps are, mm-hmm. then you're gonna be behind the ball. Yeah, right. It's yeah. Hmm. Okay. Zach, you got a question? Uh, it's okay. If you have something, go ahead. Go ahead. Okay. Uh, yeah, I was going to ask what the... Uh, you kind of touched on it earlier being, you know, quote-unquote, just another clothing company. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, there's a lot of competition out there, and mm-hmm. especially being a, a company that sells plain T-shirts. Like, what have the challenges been, uh, like, marketing yourself? Like, how how has that process gone? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um... And how do you market? Like, is it all online? It's all on social media. Yeah. It's uh, mostly social media, uh, Google advertising. Mm. Um, yeah, mostly social platforms. That's where we, we advertise. Do you think and, that uh, that's basically the the place to advertise now? Like, 
Yeah, not the only one, but that that's where a lot of like a big piece of the mar- market is spending yeah. their their time. Especially people that are gonna buy a T-shirt online. Yeah, it's like, hey, I'm already online, yeah. so I'm halfway there. Yeah, it's not a big deal to click on an ad, go to your website, and then oh, in my cart, I'm done. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And the the challenges right now is that everyone wants to have their own apparel brand at the moment. Yeah. Like it's it's. We're living that age where it's very easy to have your own apparel brand, mm-hmm. and uh, I feel like that's the the interesting part. But it's kind of difficult to do what we're doing. I would like to say because you need the you need the community, you need the fan base, you need to be really. It's very hard to find a company that if they're just like an apparel brand, if they don't do anything else, because a lot of companies use like t-shirts as advertising or as a as a second product or something. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're just doing it to sell the the, the design, the, the difference, I feel like that's not, like, we're not competing in, in that area. Mm. I feel the reason why that we have is stronger compared to, to other companies. And uh, again, if there's someone out there who, who comes tomorrow and just creates, like, a whole process that's more responsible than us, and it's our same T-shirt, but just better made, better quality. I would stop. It's mm. like, like man, you're just doing it better in every single way. Like I'm gonna step aside and think what else I can do. Um, I do believe that a lot of people st- um, create apparel brands, maybe not for the right reasons. They they won't questions themselves in terms of like does this need to happen like mm-hmm. is this really something that needs to be out there and uh is that why you started a clothing brand you yeah felt there was a hole that needed to be filled? yeah yeah, yeah it, it was definitely that feeling of thinking that things could be could be better in general yeah what specifically do you feel like you were improving on uh it was specifically the first it was a material like an accessible right. material that could mm-hmm. be worn by everyone and uh making it local as well was mm. it's still the difference yeah 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 well, and al- also how how to like how to acquire it like it, it wasn't just like you go to a retail place and, and you will you will get it it's like there's a whole process in, if you want to get it right mm. you might go on, on our website and we have full stock and cool but eventually you will find out that there's there's a reason why it's being sold the way it is and all of those pieces of the puzzle make it complicated for someone to do, to do the same thing. Mm-hmm. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Hmm. And at the end of the day, it's when you think about it, and it's like, well, it's just a t-shirt business, right? But <laughs> yeah, yeah but it's it's not it's not as simple. Like it's not really that. And at the end of the day, when you're studying mar- marketing and advertising and and all of that, with I was telling Russell the day that I met him that that was something that I was very passionate about. Uh, people and you you touch on this point earlier people people will buy their own dreams and expectations into something like they are the ones who will give it the sentimental value in their brain mm. mm-hmm. and uh, yeah it's like they, they have a picture of of a, of a future of a future that does things differently uh, and then whatever they're wearing is aligning to that vision that they have right. like we happen to be there and and try to improve the 
how we get to the future of, of apparel in general. So we happen to be there for them. Right. So they're, they're, that's what they're buying. Yeah, they're not just buying clothing. They're buying exactly. your they're, story yeah, and yeah. your vision yeah. and the heart that you put into your company. Yeah. Yeah. I like that. <clears throat> and especially now, I think we are basically battling with that on every in every industry, the story. Yeah. Right? Yeah. You have to have a story. Yeah. You have to have a reasoning behind your yeah. product or a, a, a something, right? It's like, oh, I'm going to buy this this T-shirt or this, uh, you know, f- this, what's something else people buy? Food. Food. Yeah. Yeah. I was, I was listening to your podcast with Rebecca. And you oh, were, wonderful. You, you were talking about consumers and it's the same, the same thing. In different industries, like like you're saying at the moment, Russell, like it's for books, for video games. It's about the story. It's about yes. this and that, and yeah, it's yeah, it's it's the way it is, sort of right now. It's like people want to know more because we have already everything at our uh, disposal. It's like uh, what's the difference between this and that video game? Like what's the story behind it? Exactly. And yeah. Um, yeah. Yeah, you've got you've got two blocks of butter in your hand at the store. This one has a little write-up of the cow that it came from and this one doesn't <laughs> yeah. which one are you gonna buy yeah. if they're the same yeah. price the one with the story yeah and it's that simple you know what's funny as i mean pe- many people will be like yeah yeah i, I actually that has happened to me before yeah. and, but some people are like i'm very conscious and i already know exactly what i want and whenever i go to the supermarket i know exactly what i'm gonna what i'm gonna mm-hmm. consume but we do find ourselves in, in, in these situations where we grab two things and we're actually... That's when all of the marketing machinery starts to, yeah. to take place in their brains without them knowing. And if you ask them like a day after, like, have you ever made a decision based on the marketing of a company? No. Like, I already know what I want and I always yeah. buy what I want. They never make myself question. That's how they... Which is crazy as well. Like, it's Yeah, you can magic. say that, but really... At some point in your life, you did fall prey to their marketing because <laughs> yeah. you're buying this product. Everything that we do, pretty much. It's like, all marketing. It's all marketing. It is. It's crazy, right? Oh, that's so interesting. Yeah. Yeah. To, like I And I know a lot of those shoppers, right? You have a list. You go in the store. You pick up the things you want. You don't look at other things. You check out. You're done. But every once in a while, you're going to walk through that store and then there's going to be a certain color mm-hmm. or a certain brand or a certain flavor. lettering or flavor or new product that they're blowing up the shelves with. Like, oh, I usually don't look at this stuff, but what's this? Yeah. And then, oh, one bag into the cart. <laughs> you try it. You like it. You get go back but, next time. But you never fall for it. You never for, fall for it. No. That's what people say. I never fall for it. Oh, my God. I never fall for it. Yeah. It's like, really? Do you never? Are you sure? <laughs> it's like it, every yeah everything is marketing right like uh, okay yeah. i'm driving down south fraser way in abbotsford <clears throat> i've got mcdonald's on one side and wendy's on the other side i'm hungry i want a burger where am i gonna go the only decisioning is i think of one i think of the other it's the coloring mm-hmm. it's the the brand it's the nostalgia yeah. that i have associated with each one yeah. it's you know, which one makes me salivate more, yeah. you know, yeah. it's, it, it's all things that they have worked out to a science. Yeah. And it's That's, so incredible yeah. that they can do that. Yeah. It's scary. 
it's really <sighs> scary that they can predict a lot of things. Yeah. It's just scary is the word, I think. It is. Yeah. Because we're, they're messing with our minds way more than we think they are. Yeah. And they don't tell you. Like, no, it's, they, no, they don't. They it's, don't. It's not a well-kept secret, but it's not something that they advertise. They're so like, yeah. hey, we're specifically manipulating you to buy our product because we already, deep down, we know that. We just don't want to think about it. Yeah. And and we also think that they're, we are very special. We're like, yeah. we're unique. But sadly, and talking about that reality check, it's like, there's many people like you that mm-hmm. behave very similarly as you. And yeah. people, again... Are not people. Businesses are being able to predict what you're gonna choose next, which is kind of crazy if you think about it. Yeah. Yeah, that's very true. And then we've got, you know, e-commerce is even worse now because we can track all of that digital data, right? We know how many times we went to the Elementa website, mm-hmm. how many, what products you looked at. Yeah. You know, your page tracking. Yeah. You, you know, your your keyboard logs. We, we know how long you spent looking at each website, how long you spent looking at each product. Yeah. You, know? you can even see what their, like, where their mouse is going. Yeah. You know where it, where it stops, where it's looking at, what, what it's selecting. Yeah. So, like, they hover over the, the picture of the T-shirt. Okay, they like that. Then they hover over the price. Okay, then they left the website. Yeah. So, it was the price. Yeah. That's why you didn't like it. Yeah. Okay, well, well, let's change that. Yeah. It's so crazy that we can do that. Mm-hmm. And... Same, same with, and even, even further with, with apps. So if, if you add it up to like brands, they want to, or like companies, they want to be everywhere. Like they want to be able to make you download an app and then send you like a notification and just, it's their, the, the richest companies are fighting for your time. Yeah. It's not really, they're, yeah, they're fighting for your time. Like Netflix is buying for you staying in the platform the longer the longest yeah. same with apple like apple has so much control because most people or like apple samsung because that's the the platform that you're using and they can control a lot of things in their device and mm-hmm. yeah they're fighting for time which is crazy yeah yeah that's a very good point because and even if it's yeah it could be anything it could be a physical building it could be a store it could be a website the longer you spend there, mm-hmm. the more money you will spend, historically speaking. Because they, they have more control yeah. over different scenarios. They can If they can control the outcome, they mm-hmm. it's they can leverage. They can use that for their own uh, gains. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Mm-hmm. If I sit in McDonald's and spend an hour there, then it's I'm more likely to, okay, I bought a meal. Then I'm sitting there. Okay, I've, di- I've digested the meal. Oh, I'm kind of hungry again. Okay, yeah. let's get dessert. Yeah. Okay. Well, no, let's say that you step out, but yeah. they would pro- they're probably tracking that you've been there for 40 minutes. Right. So now they're going to send you like an ad with like a code that, that's yes. going to give you like a $10 off on a dessert. So it's free now. Exactly. So now you go back again. Yep. So that they, they have all of those things, like you said, scientifically mm-hmm. um, done the research to find out what people, how they can... Have yeah. some sort of control and influence. Yeah, I think I don't remember what the stats were, but like, but online advertising. If you see an ad more than three times, you're way more likely to click on it and purchase that yeah. item. Yeah, it's it's already more familiar to you than something that you've never seen. And when you go to the market and you have these two products on on your hands, mm. the one that you're a little bit more familiar with, 
it's good. It's that. It's exactly that. It's more familiar, so mm -hmm. you trust it a little bit more just because you've seen it in more places. Yep. Yeah. Yeah, and I mean, targeted advertising is wild too. Wild. Do are they trying to sell me? You know, a snowboard? No. Yeah. I'm never gonna buy a snowboard. Yeah. But they're gonna sell me uh, a book. Yeah. Or a new computer. Or yeah. A nice t-shirt. Yeah. Like things that I'm going to buy that I've historically, you know, they know what I've bought already. So they know what I'm going to buy mm -hmm. and they can kind of track where I, oh, this guy hasn't bought new shoes in three years. Yeah. He probably yeah. needs a new pair yeah. of shoes. hundred percent. They have access to the credit, your credit card uh, records. Yeah. Mm -hmm. So yeah, they know when was the last time that you probably bought shoes or stuff like that. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm -hmm. I think. I think that they, it's this weird fine line because they don't want to push it in your face too much, yeah. but they want to slip it in there so that they still make their money. Yeah. So like they don't want to just, I don't know. Yeah. That, but that's when storytelling comes, comes, yes. comes handy for them. Yeah. It's not as obvious that it's, they go for the feelings aspect of it. Oh, for sure. Which when we met, you were like, so you like, you asked me, do you like advertising? And I was like, yes, I like it, but I don't want to do it for anyone. <laughs> like, mm -hmm. I know how how strong it is. Like, I don't want to do it for the wrong reasons. Yeah, it's so, so powerful. So that, that was part of the big things of why I chose to work with the BC Agriculture Council. Mm. Like, I didn't didn't want to do it for anyone. Yeah. Because I know what, what you can do with it. Yeah, there's just some corporations. Like, I know what you're doing. You're just selling things to people and they don't really need these things mm -hmm. and yeah it doesn't feel good yeah no i like that so what is the work that you do for the bc agriculture so, council yeah so i work in the marketing and uh, communications department okay mm -hmm. and uh right now there's a lot of things going on we have agriculture uh ag day in victoria which is a, a big day for advocating for agriculture in, in british columbia so right now it's pretty much a lot of focus on on events and uh right now that's a that's a big one mm -hmm. but working with the newsletter with the website with their social social channels mm -hmm. sort of creating a strategy i haven't had the chance to work a lot in, with it but um Gaining experience as well in terms of knowledge because I'm new to the industry, but that's something that I really like because as it happened within the apparel industry as an as an external player, I feel like it's I like that approach, and I want to apply the same thing with the agriculture industry. Mm. See, like that's something that we kept talking about, like having fresh ideas and thinking differently of how things could be improved. That's where I feel like I can add a little bit of. Of value and not going for the same thing like yes trying trying different things I guess mm -hmm. yeah I like that I like that it's always good to have fresh eyes on something fresh perspectives you know and uh, coming from such a successful apparel company then pff, you're already a game changer mm. so interesting so how are you liking it I'm really liking it yeah. I think it's it's uh, it's very interesting obviously in the the way that the industry is set up here, it's very difficult, of course, of what I can compare it with the Mexican standards and how things are done over there, which it's completely different. And uh, just getting to understand, even just, because I, I wasn't familiar with, with agriculture in general. Like I, I'm not a, I, I didn't know much about how things work. 
mm-hmm. or uh, how things are cultivated or or grown or uh, whatnot. So right now it's a lot of learning, but that's something that I wanted to learn. Like that was an industry that I was very curious on knowing how to how things happen. So yeah, I, I feel like I'm a I'm a very curious person, and it's been very very interesting. It's it's t- uh, still right now. It's still pretty. Um, I the knowledge is very minimal, mm. like it's it's not a lot, and uh, yeah, I I definitely want to learn more. Um, but it's been good. It's, again, it's 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 interesting how things work. How yeah. uh, I don't wanna <laughs> I don't wanna say how good the government is, but <laughs> <laughs> or how bad they are. It's but bad. from yeah. my lens, it's like, and uh, we're in between, like the the council. It's in between the government and uh, the different agriculture associations. So I, I see both both parts and I don't know, again, I don't know super deep down how things really, really work as of right now, but I feel like everyone's trying to do their best to make yeah. things better for British Columbia. That's all, that's all I can say. And that's that's encouraging. And again, comparing it to Mexico, which is has its own problems and differences, but you you could if you were in Mexico Russell or SAC if you were there you would straight away see that there's people who just want to gain their own yeah personal they're up uh, for themselves they're up for themselves and yeah. that's something that I haven't seen here still and hopefully I don't see it and if if there might be right they're here they're don't here worry. yeah they're yeah, here. yeah. They're, yeah. They're, <laughs> they're still here again that's it's part human of our, nature human nature hundred percent yeah. so so far I'm I'm very impressed on how how things are are being done in, in a good way interesting yeah yeah that collaborative mindset that yeah we're all working towards common goals we may disagree on how to get to those goals but we still want the same thing for our communities our country our province whatever it mm-hmm. is yeah our towns our family whatever yeah and and definitely there's there needs to be like i was part of that segment of society that didn't know much uh, about agriculture mm-hmm. and I feel like that's something that people need to be more aware of so that was part of a well as well of my decision right just yeah. see how we can improve that if that's something that the council wants to work with which is part of our key issues as well like awareness mm-hmm. it's all about awareness mm-hmm. right like you you mentioned the ag days that's basically just we go for two days to Victoria and we just have these like you know, speed date, speed dating meetings with politicians all day. Mm-hmm. And it's like one after another, like, hey, these are our issues that we care about. Do you want to talk about them? Well, you're, we have you for 10 minutes, so <clears throat> we're going to. You know, and it's like you try and be nice. You try and make, you try and stand out somehow mm-hmm. to like, because at the end of the day, it, you know, it could be any Joe Schmo sitting there. Yeah. But if you somehow make it personal or... You, they they take a liking to you. It's still just about feelings. Yeah. Like it, it you could be selling them a coal mine. It, it like oh I like you. Okay, I'll buy your coal mine or I'll support this legislation for yeah. coal mining. Is coal we don't do coal mining here, but <laughs> no, you know what I mean. Yeah, 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 hundred percent. Yeah. Yeah, whether it's agriculture or textiles or something else that people sell. Or they want to sell, or they want government support for. Yeah. Education, whatever. Yeah. It's yeah. yeah. It's very interesting. I I question how effective that whole system works. Like, okay, you're you're just like 
here's all of the people that want to talk to you and you just you're a politician and you have like 10 or 20 minutes and then they talk to you and tell you the issues and like i don't know if it's a great system but mm. it's the one we have yeah so and it and sometimes people forget how and i i don't want to say that the government is doing the right thing or wrong, wrong thing but they're doing a thing they're doing a thing and it, it's it's very complex it's not as easy as people think and people judging of course it's it's good and 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 that's great and again i'm not saying it from the government side i'm i'm just speaking in general about mm -hmm. different things like people think it's very easy but they don't really want to they don't dive as deep as of knowing the the problem or sometimes a problem is just too of an extreme for their situation that they think that it's very easy to change when the, they forget that there's a bigger picture there's more people involved that if they do mm. this something else would happen that something's gonna pop up somewhere else because they created that or in general with yeah i don't know like yeah, things are in general complex and it's oh, not as easy absolutely and then absolutely. you have like the weather how it's behaving and you have these things that you cannot control mm -hmm. and uh yeah yeah everything is cause and effect mm -hmm. and what you think should be done about the situation you probably haven't thought it through if you're if you think that everything is just open and shut and simple solution mm -hmm. because it's never a simple solution and there's always somebody that's going to get the short end of the stick exactly it's it's going to be uneven right there's no there's no perfect compromises yeah. out there and there's always immediate solutions as well mm -hmm. and then there's long term right and sometimes banking on the short term It's gonna. It's not gonna be the best for the future of your children or something that people are not even thinking about. They just want the quick solution, and that might be counterproductive. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. Like um, the flood we had a couple of years ago, mm. right? Like quick solution. Okay, we need to just give Abbotsford a ton of money, mm. and like, okay, we fixed the problem. No, no, no. We need people to build the new uh, pump houses and help you know raise the highways and help fix the roads and all these, it's like you can't just it's not a quick fix no it's years and we're still repairing damage yeah still yeah it's been years yeah 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 it's mm. again it's it's complex and it's hard to just go for the easy answer which is everything's complex everything's relative everything's yeah. objective but can't keep saying that either because no, then we're can't. never going to fix anything exactly <sighs> look at us solving the world's problems yeah <laughs> Yeah. Uh, interesting. Interesting. Okay. Zach? I have no further notes. <clears throat> okay. <laughs> Just, um, I, I love ragging on the government, so we uh -huh. can keep doing that all night. <laughs> But, yeah, we're not going to fix anything either. So, okay. Mm. Going back to Elementa for mm -hmm. a minute. Yeah. So, when you, when you first started, mm -hmm. like, what was, I guess, where did you find like the courage to, you know, approach these manufacturing companies yeah. and, you know, and you were on Shark yeah. Tank Mexico. Yeah. Like how, what, like, where did you find the, like, oh, were you just sweating bullets? Like, yeah. were you so nervous? Like, how was that experience? That, okay. That's, yeah, those are some good questions. And, uh, I don't know. I really don't know where these, whenever you have to, whenever you have to perform or whenever you have to do something for, what you believe in mm. i feel like that's when things happen in general like you will get yourself into these situations whether you have to make decisions and whether you want to show like there i think there's a saying I, i don't know who said it like it's very common but it's like big part of 
of having something done it's just showing up doesn't matter if you do it good or bad or whatever just show up just mm -hmm. show up and from there like you'll see obviously if you show up and you're prepared like things are gonna go well in general like uh, if it has to do with talking to a supplier talking to a customer or just show up because sometimes you will make up excuses and you won't show up and you won't you won't do you won't finish the task that you were supposed to to be yeah. doing um you miss 100 of the shots you don't take. yeah 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 that was always that's always been in my mind and be like i have this idea and uh for some reason it's there like if i don't act on it either someone else will will do it and uh i won't i cannot stand not not being that person who had the chance and didn't do anything mm. i feel like that's sort of like the mindset that i grew up in uh grew up with uh my father was always the, that way like whatever i just described like go for it like take your chances like it's okay to 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 miss or like not to do something perfectly like mm. just go for it that that was the, that was pretty important and i was very shy when i when i was a kid and my my dad was very supportive in that way of like go for it or he would put us in this me and my my brothers he would put us in these situations where we had to ask for like i don't know like uh you had to go to like uh, the cinema i remember and it, it saw like this type of uh slurpee or whatever and my dad liked it like a certain way and with like specific things that nobody would ask for mm -hmm. and he would make us go and ask for it and we we're like six six seven years old and we're like that they don't know like they he wouldn't make us on purpose uncomfortable and ah. i feel that's where i'm going so he would make us go and like maybe make a fool of yourself you're not really making a fool for yourself fool for yourself you you're asking for what you're looking for and people are too afraid of asking the questions because you because they don't want to fit in or or they don't want to they don't want to be different than than x or y like they want to really stick to the how things work and how the menu is set up and they don't want to they don't want to change anything when reality in general can be changed and you have the power to to if you're uncomfortable being uncomfortable and changing how things are i feel like that's that would be the my first answer to the to the to the question on how i approach things and wanting to change stuff or creating stuff and then the experience with shark tank was was pretty unique it was pretty cool it was not something that we were looking to like it was not something that we were looking forward to like it wasn't on our radar it wasn't mm -hmm. like oh we want to we want to be part of that program i feel like our pitch well, we could create like a cool pitch like mm -hmm. that's somewhere where we want to go and and uh showcase our product not really it was it wasn't there the idea i saw the program uh, i was uh, i would watch it constantly uh I, i don't know when it was popular before or whatever and i would picture myself giving a pitch i didn't know which product but i would dream about it but not th when i had elementa it wasn't people will say would tell me like would shark tank be something that interests uh element and maybe i don't know like it, eh, it's not something that's on our radar in general it wasn't mm. there and um we suddenly receive an email and and it said it it was an invitation from one of the staff members of the program to be part of the show oh, and i was like is this a joke or is this like legit like yeah i would question that email yeah too. i was like because yeah. you receive emails in general like could be spam could be fake whatever yeah. but i was like from there it was like is this something that's gonna make sense um 
for the business or not. Eventually, me and my sister decided that it was a good idea and it was a good place to showcase the whole uh, uh, business and the product and it, it, it would it's going to be good. Mm. So it was like a good window. And then from there, uh, we said yes and then they, they replied that they were... It wasn't certain yet that they we were going to compete with another apparel company who sold hemp t-shirts by no. the way yeah hemp and cotton <laughs> mix and i already tried them before just to whenever i see like a new material different uh textile wherever i will try it especially if it's made in mexico or yeah, if course. it's sold in mexico um, yeah or even here like if i see that a company selling like a very different material that i haven't tried before i will order it and just try it myself and see what's the difference uh so i knew i was competing with them but I knew that the sensation that you get whenever you're feeling our t-shirt, mm. it's it, there's a difference. Like if you were grabbing like a hemp and cotton t-shirt mix, particularly that mix, it's not going to be too different to like a regular cotton t-shirt. But bamboo t-shirt, like yeah. you are going to feel the difference and it's going to be an experience. So uh, after sending the product for them to compare it with the hemp t-shirt, they went for hours. They They thought it was... They felt that experience. Yours so, is better, yeah. Yeah. And, uh, okay, so after that, we started preparing the, the pitch. Uh, we had, like, a couple of rounds with their creative staff uh, team from the show just to give us, like, uh, like limits of what we could say, what they would recommend us to say, but they, they were never, like, this is what you need to say, this is what you need to do. Right. At the same time... I was doing a lot of research, which I feel like a lot of people that, that show up in the at the show, they don't do enough research. I don't know right now, in the, I haven't seen the, the more recent seasons, but before that I would analyze like each episode that I thought they did pretty well and I would analyze like episodes Smart. where they did pretty bad and I would find out why. This way I started getting bits of information of how things worked or like how the, the show worked. So I kind of like was trying to figure out the puzzle as you as you've heard me talk about I'm always trying to see how things work and how our uh, things are made up so I was dissecting the, the program I was dissecting how it worked mm. what questions they asked I realized that from what the staff members of the show said like I would try to guess and make assumptions and realize that each shark had their own personality and they would ask like very specific questions like there was this guy who would ask more questions about the cost of the product this person would ask more something about, I don't know, maybe social responsibility as an example didn't happen, but you would find out that they behave differently and they were expecting different kinds of questions and you could prepare for that. I was like, mm -hmm. okay, there's these variables that I can, even though it doesn't seem like I can control them, I feel like I can. Yeah, and you that can game the system. That, that, yeah, and that was sort of like my approach. And then when after... Uh, creating the pitch with my sister and everything we I actually my this was during COVID the TV show was being uh, filmed during COVID mm -hmm. so my, my sister couldn't go to the to the filming of the show because she had COVID uh, so I had to do it by myself oh, wow. so I had a the pitch was supposed to be three minutes and um there's many ways that you can approach a three-minute pitch. Like, you can say a few sentences and that's it. Show the product and you 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 decide. So we created, like, a one-pager. And my best... And I'm going to tell my, my secret. I don't know. I've told my friends how I did it, but I, 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 I trained, like, a month. I would say it every single day during different uh, 
parts of the day, I would film myself and just say the whole thing. Like mm-hmm. I, I, um, I had every, I had everything in my in my brain. Like it was, it, whatever happened. Like if I if I fell, if I, my voice wasn't working properly, I knew that pitch like backwards and all the way around. I knew exactly what it had, and it was very 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 worked. Like it was very um, detailed. Like. Mm. I knew it, I knew all, all of the details like I was ready like even if whatever happened I was able to let's say that you were like there's this, this these circumstances that you cannot control but I was still gonna be able to to say the pitch in the way that I wanted right it was already practiced like very very hard very hard and w- when when I get there before when they're they're already filming the show during that day and there's I had a conversation with the producer and she gave me another another bit of information of how to do things when I when the filming started and she she said like whatever she said she I don't know very in a very specific way she said what whatever energy but okay it was funny because she went directly to to speak to me I don't know why like I, I don't know why this happened they were there were there were more entrepreneurs in the same room. She went straight at me. Yeah. And she was like, I really like your product. I think it's very good. Don't be cocky about it. And she said, whatever energy you bring to them is going to be a mirror. That, mm. That's what she said. So that's sort of also kind of like my aggressiveness that I, that I came up to, that I had during that day or like aggressive in terms of selling that I had. Kind of like, went down a little bit and it was more of a you know what i'm just gonna be myself like i'm i'm not gonna i'm gonna say the pitch but it's gonna be very natural like i'm not gonna try to nothing nothing crazy or yeah i'm just gonna be myself like that's that's what's gonna happen and obviously i was very nervous when i do the walk and because it's a whole experience well, you do the walk and then you you stand in front of the five the five sharks uh which are in mexico they're pretty pretty famous people and they have a lot of money they're very successful and you, you cannot really make mistakes because it's gonna be televised and whatever mistake <laughs> you make you're gonna be a joke and uh, you don't, you don't want to do that and at the same time as, as I'm walking into the to delivering the, the pitch there's a whole production team there's like almost like 80 to 100 people and I wasn't expecting that like because in my in my head what I've already envisioned just it was just me and these and the five shows. guys yeah but there was a hundred people and they were like all looking at you and it, oh, oh my god it was pretty nerve-wracking and uh, I've never been a performer or like someone that really um, can talk to like a large audience but I had already prepared so much with the pitch that it didn't matter it didn't matter so I, I stood up there I started saying the pitch and uh, as soon as it as I finish saying the pitch one of the guys which is one of the most famous guys he's like whoa, whoa, whoa stop 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 everything he's like how did you do that and like what do you mean he was like did you know by heart that pitch or did you just did you just uh, say it did you just uh, how did that happen because we I haven't seen that before that's what he said and I was like holy really. And I was, uh, I didn't, I didn't tell him, like, I already, I've been preparing for one month, like, saying the same pitch for one, I didn't tell him that. I was like, you know, I, I know my business pretty well, <laughs> mm, this, yeah. is, this is what I Good live line. and breathe, and uh, 
I would be able to say it again, which is true. But he was like, all right, all right. And I was like, wow, okay. Yeah, and uh, yeah, I felt it's it's a show, of course. They're, they're, they're on a character. Yeah. But you, that heads up that the, that the uh, person from that the producer gave me was a big thing. Like, there were bits of things that happened during or previous to my to my pitch that helped me out a lot and uh, definitely felt the the energy that she was referring to and they were playing a character and yeah I mean it, it's it, it's a show at the end of the day and yeah if they, you don't take it if you don't take it that way either like if you don't know that it's also like a it's set up and not set up like it's it's real at the end of the day if they want to make a deal the deal will happen yeah. uh, not saying that it's fake or anything but um but again it's still a show. That's what I'm trying to say. And if you don't take it that way, you can make a lot of mistakes because mm. you can take it too personal. And um, yeah, right. that's yeah, it's reality that was TV. The whole, yeah, that was the the whole experience. I think it was very genuine, and a lot of people, or at least what I read in the comments of the YouTube video, they were saying that it was like fake because it was too perfect. Because uh, at the end of the day, we received ten offers. It was a it, it was a it was a very thought of well thought of offer like what what we were showing them like it was very well thought of it was something they couldn't refuse pretty much wow. and i knew already that whatever whenever there were like different offer if there was at least one offer you would you can you could consider yourself like a successful pitch yeah. so i i was like i'm gonna get an offer like there's no way they're gonna they're gonna say no so it was everything was so you got 10 offers 10 offers and they kept changing during the during the the film like the filming Whoa. when i was saying the pitch and they they kept changing the offers it was 10 so each one of them made two two different offers i couldn't follow up one of the guys was like okay so you have you have five offers like i'm going to you have four offers cuz two of them uh mixed into one offer right and uh he i had to call my sister cuz she had covid and she wasn't attending she, the guy, the business guy, was telling me the the shark was telling me the what the offers were because I couldn't remember, <laughs> and I was it doesn't look that way on the right on the actual thing the episode. I call my sister and he's telling me the <laughs> the the proposals and I'm saying it to my sister at the same time because I was very nervous. Wow. Yeah. That's ins- okay. <sighs> oh, I have so many questions. Uh-huh. First of all, what you who did you go with? What you so that's a, that's a that's a great question. The thing is that we already had chosen the person oh. before going to the program like this is the one that we would choose okay so there was a bit of controversy because i we had a pretty good offer from two of the two of the sharks that were there they were offering like um like an incubator like a business incubator in miami okay we were already a business but uh which was strange as well for the sharks like they were like why are you offering that but it, i think it was a it, it would have been great as well. It, it was a good offer, like, to go to an incubator, receive, like, investment and more, um, uh, how do you call it? Like, uh, advice in general. Right, mm-hmm. okay, yeah. That would have been good. I don't know if it, it, it would have happened. We end up not going for that one. We took the one, the guy that we already knew that we wanted to work with. Okay. So you yeah. you had a plan of which shark you yeah. wanted in the yeah. beginning, and you it, his offer wasn't the best. That's what I'm trying to say. Uh, there were better offers, but okay. we went for him because we already planned for it. 
Okay, because you because you thought he would be the best fit for yeah. you, or he was yeah. like in the clothing yeah. business, or yeah. And at the end of the day, as well, the way that the audience saw it, he was one of the most difficult sharks. So uh... he didn't he didn't pick any business, and he was very skeptical, and he's very scientifical as well. Right, and um, it, it was a it was a. We didn't plan for it, but it was very validating that that it, we went for him. Yeah. For like we weren't expecting that reaction from the audience, right? Or not the audience, sorry, the market. Like uh, after we went for him, it was very validating. That's what okay. I'm trying to say. Like him validating the product was very big. Gotcha. Uh-huh. Like the, he's the the Mister the Mexican Mister Wonderful. Yeah. 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Gotcha. Interesting. Mm-hmm. Okay, so. Wh- What's the process? So you go on the show, yeah. you, you you accept his deal, yeah. and then what? So you accept the deal on the TV show, and then the different sharks do things differently. Okay. They have their own processes. So the sharks team, the one that we went for, uh, his name is Rodrigo Herrera, and uh, his team like approached us, and we started like the legal the legalities of have, receiving the investment. But in our case, we changed the deal. Because uh, his offer wasn't, wasn't great, really. Like, and we really didn't need the money either. Because okay. the way that we, how we set up the business with the pre-sales and stuff, it's like the, the community is the one. For, it's crowdfunding our, each production. So we don't really need the... We didn't really need the the, the, the money. money. You wanted his expertise. Exactly. Yeah. And we, we told him that as well during the pitch. And um, when he gave us, uh, he, when he wanted to go through with the offer, we're like, okay, like, can we change it? We changed it a little bit. And after that, they stopped replying. It's like they didn't, they didn't like that. Oh. His team. Oh. Yeah. Yeah. And we weren't surprised. We, like, if it happened for some reason... Cool, amazing, nice. Let's see what happens. But probability that it won't happen, it's pretty high. Like there, there were, we didn't have expectations of actually moving through. And I, th- I think the statistics as well of people who really close a deal. So, yeah, there's a the lot people, of people out of the hundred percent that like makes a deal. Only thirty, there's a follow up. Only a thirty percent of those, a hundred percent, they uh, move forward. Mm. Uh, and then out of those 30%, I think the numbers go for like the ones who actually close the deal. It's like 3% or something. Don't yeah. quote me on the numbers, but it's something around there. Very low. Very low. Because there's a lot of things that need to make sense. Because let's say that you have like a very successful idea. You don't need them. You really don't need their money. Right. Yeah. And they kind of know that once they yeah. make the deal. Yeah. Interesting. But regardless of whether you walked away with a deal or not, mm-hmm. being on the show is a boost, right? Huge. Yeah. Absolutely. And there, there are some... And I'm not saying that I was the first that I already had like like an outcome prepared for it. I, I know that a lot of brands will go there already knowing that they will decline all of the offers and they just want to brag about the... Or just not brag. They want to they be on TV. Advertise. Yeah. And they create offers as well that they will refuse. Because having the offer, the actual offer, validates the product or the service or right a lot more than yeah. not receiving anything. And even if you have something good, hmm. sneaky, yeah, very sneaky. Yeah, do you think? I mean, did you ever consider doing that? Like, 
going on there just like not and saying accepting no. offers. Yeah, yeah, they don't like that either. Oh, but I bet here, not. here's here's the thing. The thing is that if you can you can play their game, right? And you can again use the most leverage for your leverage and to um, try to use your the variables in your favor. Like you can do, you can try and do that, which is what I guess we. That was our approach the whole time, but um, I forgot what, what I was going to say. Um, but again, let's say that you were already thinking that we were going to decline all of the offers just because. Right. Because we didn't really need the money. Uh, let's say that we were going to decline. Maybe the producers were not going to give us like the the best like spot during the episode. Right. Uh, Maybe they would have placed us somewhere where it, it's cool. But we're gonna play someone that's more exciting for the audience. Yeah. Or maybe these guys, like the the sharks, they got angry because they got declined, so they don't want it to be shown. Right. Like mm-hmm. there's these variables that you cannot. Yeah. Because every there's... episode of Dragons that I've ever watched, the one at the end of the show is yeah, the best. Exactly. One. That's how that's it works. It. Yeah, that's it. So if you want to be the one at the end, you gotta they make call, it look good in Mexico, or at least that. Pro, uh, that team, that producing team, they called it, I think, triple A. They, they gave them, like, triple A, double A, A, B, okay. C, something like that. <laughs> and triple A is, like, the best. Mm. And when the program ended, because I, I experienced it, I lived it, but I couldn't see what people were seeing. I right. couldn't I couldn't really see how it was, how From it happened. In, yeah. I called my family and I was like, I think it went well because we received 10 offers, but <laughs> I don't know. And we're, we're, they were like, well, it sounds like it went well, but again, you don't know. And they were, they're going to make edits and they can portray a different story. Like you never know. You never yeah. know. So, so yeah. Uh, what, what I was going to say with that. Yeah. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't know. Yeah. Oh, that's it so was crazy. It was crazy. Yeah. Yeah, it was a crazy experience. So how Ooh. long, so they send you the email mm-hmm. from the very beginning, how yeah. long before then and then you were so on the So they send the email in November 2019, I think, and the program was filmed in February the next year okay. and it aired in September. Okay. Mm-hmm. So not too long. No, there wasn't a lot of time to yeah, prepare. Four months or so. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Interesting. That's fascinating. Yeah. So what kind of, like, so you went on the show and then, like, was it, did you see an immediate boost in sales? Did oh, you... they, we tried preparing with the, like, when it, the, the program aired, mm-hmm. um, we tr- we tried preparing with the, with the hosting company. So we were supposed to be able to, oh, because I, I would ask, like, other entrepreneurs who had been in the program, and it was, like, how many people were going to your website during that day? Like, just, as, I just want to know. They wouldn't know. And I was like, it's crazy how people really don't prepare for it. Um, and again, that was part of our approach that we really wanted to... You want to be ready. Yeah, we wanted to have all of the variables controlled. So we were supposed to be able to handle 100,000 uh, visitors. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the the website fell like three times. People just <laughs> wanted to buy. Yeah. So the, the statistic is that we had 80,000 during the day. Maybe the supplier was lying about the hundred thousand. I don't know. Maybe it was more. I don't know. But it 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 uh took down the page three times. I I remember. Wow. It was just people wanted. It was like orders nonstop. It was crazy. Wow. 
It was crazy. It, it was, it was, it's a before and after for sure. Like mm. as much as whether whatever thoughts I have on the program, good or bad, it was a game changer for our, our story, our product, our yeah, brand. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. In my mind, uh, Zach and Russell, I still feel that elements is still like a project. That's how I see it. I don't, I don't think, or I don't see it as something that's already established. I don't know why. That's how I see it. Whenever people tell me, like, what do you mean? Like, we kind of already seen your your ads on, on socials and it's already some people, obviously not everyone wears it or it's not still like a super popular brand or whatever, but I still see it as a project still. Mm -hmm. I don't know why. Yeah. I, I feel like maybe because something else is going to happen next or I don't know. Well, it's good because then you don't stop working on it. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah. 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 You don't yeah. Com become complacent if you always see it as a as a project. Then yeah, you're, you're consistently wanting to improve. Yeah, it. yeah. A, a project means mm. it's not finished. Yeah. yeah, I feel like I like that idea. Yeah, yeah. And it, and it comes back to that approach of the technology industry of always wanting to improve. 2.0, 2.1, two yeah. version. I yeah, I feel like that approach helps me. Hmm. So in that regard, what do you think is next? Definitely more products. Like, I definitely want to improve other products. Uh, I don't know, maybe pants, uh, maybe a jacket, sweatshirt made with just better materials. Mm -hmm. There's there's some interesting fabrics. There's some uh, synthetics that are biodegradable in, like, less than five years, like nylon, polyester that you can wear for sports, whatever. Uh, and they're compostable under specific circumstances compared to, like, virgin petroleum-based synthetics mm. that takes 200 or more years. I don't know the exact number, but there's some new materials that might take like five years to decompose. And I don't know why these brands that call themselves the, the most innovative and the this and that of the industry are not using them. Yeah. And, and that's just one example that myself, as a small player, know about. I cannot understand why brand, big brands are not using these materials. I, I don't know. Eh, it's yeah. probably money and it doesn't matter because yeah. if it, they're not doing it then that that gives me the opportunity to, to yeah. bring if it if they're over. not doing it you can yeah yeah and you can be the first one on the on the on yeah. the game board so that's 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 what I'm looking after that really motivates me that's mm. I feel like that's the best not the best that, I feel like that's the next big thing very cool yeah just these new textiles that are affordable that are different more more sustainable or, or responsible yeah that's something that I feel that would have more success here in Canada than bamboo t-shirts. Probably. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know if the... Hmm. Not saying that bamboo wouldn't, right? Because it's already a thing. It's all, There's already products made with bamboo here that are pretty popular. Yeah. But I feel like this is really not... People are not aware of this type of new new textiles. Yeah. Well, I, I see a lot of bamboo up and coming for uh like bed sheets exactly 100 yeah. percent, and that's that's helped us as well ride the wave of consumers starting to use these these uh bed sheets and stuff yeah that's helped us a lot yeah i find like something like a, a like a nice fabric like this mm -hmm. like you get into the bed sheets and then you work your way into clothing mm -hmm. is that how yeah. it works yeah because we're talking, it's the same feeling about comfort. Yeah. It's part of the same feeling. Yeah. Like, we want to take that comfort everywhere. Your your vehicle, where you eat, like, 
Exactly. Everything's so about comfort. It's about making it more comfortable in general. Whether yeah. where you sleep at the the your couch. Mm-hmm. Uh, well, yeah. Ideally, I mean, yeah, you sleep in bamboo and then you put bamboo on when you mm-hmm. walk out the door, and then your car has bamboo and your furniture and your the chair at work and the the blanket and everything. Everything. Why not? Yeah. Yeah. And the thing is that. We we haven't even talked about it, but bamboo is antibacterial and it, oh, of uh, course like it is. Thermoregulates the like body temperature and has some some nice qualities. Wow. Yeah. That's very cool. Yeah. Huh. That's so fascinating. That bamboo, just this this thing they grow in Asia, and mm-hmm. you know, panda bears eat it, and they usually use it for those cool like water thingies that go. You know, you know, Zach. <laughs> always in like they're always in kung fu movies like it's like it like there's like a drop of water and then it like slowly goes oh yeah 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 yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that's bamboo how they're called um Whatever. and also bamboo is actually considered grass as well uh, it's actually course. considered grass and it's uh very it doesn't need water uh to grow mm-hmm. well it doesn't need a lot of water uh, yeah very very little water amount and uh yeah it's very invasive as well is it? Yeah. No, I didn't know that. Yeah. I don't know a lot about bamboo. Yeah. Which is why I didn't understand this until you yeah. explained it to me. Yeah. But it's so crazy that this innocuous grass mm. that they've had for thousands of years, it's like, hey, wait a minute. This could be revolutionary yeah. in the fabrics and textiles yeah. industry. Yeah. Like, same as hemp. Same as a couple other things. Like, yeah. Now they're using, uh, like, fruits and stuff. They're, they're they're following like similar the similar process of of cellulostic, or is that does that make sense like cell no. cell, what, so when you make paper for example like okay. the cellulose does, does that make sense oh, okay. cellulose the process yeah. yeah cellulose so they're using it now with different raw materials so like fruits pineapples mm. uh, uh, bananas and stuff and so they're making fabrics out of it with the similar process. That'd be fun. Yeah. You like you like go on the Elemental website, you like buy a t shirt, it's made of banana. Yeah. That would yeah. be Yeah, wild. that's possible. That's 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 the thing now. You can find that. I mean that makes sense, I guess. It's just a biological material. Yeah. Same as cotton or Exactly. Else. Yeah. And uh yeah. And th- there's very there's different ways of producing the actual bamboo fabric. You have the mechanical uh, process, uh and you have the the ce- cellulose cellulose mm-hmm. process which is a bit more uh, chemically intensive mm-hmm. and the mechanical it's it's more natural more organic but again there's upsides and downsides for for any material right. organic right. cotton uh, that's what i was trying to say it's not really black and white there's n- there's no really black and white in textiles right um it's like really a scale scale of grays and it, it depends it depends and mo- most often than not it's gonna like sustainability and all of that is going to fall under the, the consumer. How well you take care of your clothes, right. how you wash them, what you use it to, what detergent you use. There's so many variables. It's not it's not as simple as this organic cotton tea is it's sustainable. It's not mm. like that. It's really not like that. It's not as simple as that. Yeah. Even though they, 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 they try to put it that way. It's like, if you buy this t-shirt, you're sustainable. You're a more sustainable person. No. Yeah, they market no. it that way, yeah, of course, yeah. because they want you to buy their shirt. Yeah. Yeah, and 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 we we've had people be like, uh, why are why are you saying you're sustainable when you're clearly not because these because X or Y, 
And it's like, we don't use that word. If you go into your into our website, into our social media, into everything we talk about, about the fabric materials, we don't use that word. We don't like using it. Like, And they, they will be like, oh, okay, thank you, bye. <laughs> yeah. And of course, there's a lot of companies that use this word for their own benefits, obviously. Of course, it's a total like, buzzword right yeah, now. Yeah, definitely, any, definitely. All sorts of industries. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. What's the solution? Yeah. Well, I I think using the word responsible would be more appropriate. Yeah, I do like that one. Yeah. 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 Ethical or responsible or even something like, you know, people first or no, that doesn't sound right. No. And you know what, Russell? I I and Zach, I I've, I've seen that here in Canada there's a lot of there's a lot of um, fear of being canceled as well, Huge. and 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 again being real and being legit. I feel like when it's really, um, how can I say, like when it's legit, when you're like a legit, you're doing things legitimately and ethically, and there's nothing you you hide, and you portray that information in a way that it makes sense. I feel like that's when trust is really built and there's no no cancellation because mm. people are, people most of the times they will understand the variables. And for example, bringing BC Dairy to this conversation, True. that's something that, that I think they do pretty well because there's a lot of questions. There's a lot of people want to know how the milk is produced or, or cheese or this and that. And I feel that they make, they, they make a good example of how to portray information in a in a way that people can actually ask the questions and they will get an answer. Yeah. Most of the time, say, I assume. Yeah, that's very true. And uh, yeah, a lot a lot of companies are afraid of displaying or portraying this information due to fear of being canceled. But I feel again, if you lay it out and you lay it out why you're laying it that way, the information, people are gonna understand. Mm-hmm. Or they should, or most of the time, most of the times they will understand. There's yeah. always people who don't. Of right? course. And there's yeah. people that want are looking for a certain answer and they don't care what the right yeah, answer is. Yeah, exactly. They just 100%. want their answer. Yeah. 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 That's common too. But yeah, I agree with you that if you're open and there's communication and there is like if you just lay it out and if you have a question we'll answer it to the fullest capability of that we have, that's usually the best scenario. Yeah. And right? if you have a better way of doing things, please let us know and right. we will take it in account yeah. and uh yeah some sometimes companies in general are too afraid of laying it out they're like way too let's let me see if i use the word correctly but they're gatekeepy of yeah. information because they're too afraid of how to display it and uh they think people just won't understand mm-hmm. so they won't lay it out that therefore they lose a lot of confidence in them mm. and and i've heard i don't know in which uh you you will know better than than I do but it's like a farm not giving the access to a consumer because there's biochemical hazards or okay. or whatnot and it's not that we're hiding it if you let them know why is it that they cannot access and they cannot see mm-hmm. because there's a specific reason they should understand yeah. and again many many companies are just way too afraid of of um, laying it out and being this is why we're you're not you don't have access be- yeah. Because it's understandable as well that they might be focused on the actual operation, or there's they don't have enough time to like frame the information for the public, or I don't yeah. know how I fell into this 
conversation, <laughs> but I just wanted to say No, it. I get it. I get um, what you're saying. It, it's we, 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 we Honesty is the best policy, right? Yeah. Honesty is the best policy. And if you are a company that is trying to sell a product to people and you're hiding things all the time, then you're never going to have the trust of your consumer. Because you're too afraid. Because you're too afraid of how to lay it out. Yeah. Yeah. Like, like uh, Netflix. Mm-hmm. I consume Netflix. Yeah. But I don't trust Netflix. Mm-hmm. Because they're not open with me. They don't tell me their secrets. Mm-hmm. And they don't have to. Yeah. I'm still going to watch their shows. Yeah. But I wouldn't trust them. Yeah. Right? But I, trust them in which sense? I wouldn't trust them to have my best interests at heart. Mm. God, I see what you mean. Okay. Yeah. Mm. Right? Yeah. It, yeah. I don't know. But there's an issue as well with, with, with the big companies as well. Like of the, course. Those ones, like, it's hard for them to gain our trust as well because just their, their size and stuff, how they do things. But yeah. Yeah, I don't know. Zach? Yeah. For, is, there, is there like a big, big company that you t- do trust? Like a big one? A big company that I trust. Ooh. Let me think about that. Um, yeah. I don't know. I don't think any any company that is has an international stretch. I, I don't think there's one that I can think of that I trust. Yeah. Like, there's companies that I like. Yeah. Right? I like tesla uh-huh. that's cool I, I was thinking about tesla yeah, actually when fun. i was saying the question it's a cool thing it's yeah. it's a game-changing idea it's it's gonna get better with time and you know it's just it's fun to talk about mm-hmm. right we mm-hmm. talk about it all the time on yeah. this podcast yeah but do i trust them <laughs> no at the, at the end of the day all these companies are just out for your money Mm-hmm. Essentially, which means yeah. that yeah, like how could they? How could you ever trust them to have your best interest? Mm. Yeah, when you know that they're just trying to take your money. Everything that they do is in effort to yeah. try and take yeah. your money. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah, yeah. Like you can you can buy into the Elon Musk, and you can buy into that he's trying to revolutionize technology mm. and change the world for the better. And he very mo very much could be doing that, mm. but he has to make money in order to do that. Yeah. So his number one is still gonna be making money. Yeah. How much he needs, that's another question. That's another question, yeah. 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 It's tough. I don't know. What's what about you? What's the can what's the no, biggest there um, I don't know. Right? Yeah, it's like, very hard. Obviously, like if you're on like the the Tesla and Amazon level and the Netflix level and the Apple level, like no. But like how far down the list do you go before you're like Okay, like, I would trust those guys. Mm. Like, I trust them to do the right thing. I trust them to have their consumer's best interests at heart. Like, yeah. what, where, what's the level? Yeah. Is it national? Mm-hmm. Is it provincial? Is it, you know, your friend selling Tupperware out of their house? Yeah. Like, I don't even trust them sometimes. <laughs> those yeah, pyramid yeah, schemes yeah. are iffy, man. Yeah. It's <sighs> hard. I don't know. Like, if I don't, if there's no skin in the game, like, if I don't know somebody, Mm -hmm. or if I don't, yeah, it's tough. It's really tough. And that's why I buy local. Yeah, exactly. Right? Absolutely. Just, you know, there's some things you're never going to buy You can trust your community, and you want your money to stay in the community. Exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right? I can't, there's no local, you know, 
uh, smartphone maker. Yeah. Right. But so okay. there used to be BlackBerry. Yeah. Yeah. With all of their issues and problems. And whatever. Yeah. But that was pretty interesting. I, I still remember playing uh, Brick Breaker, mm. the game oh, on, yeah. on what was it the Pearl? I think mm-hmm. that was great. That was so yeah. much fun. When it had the ball, a little yeah. ball to yeah. move it. Love that. Yeah. Love that so much. But yeah, they just disappeared. Yeah. Like that. They couldn't. They couldn't keep up with Apple. Didn't they just make a movie of that? Yeah, yeah. they did. Okay. Yeah, it's very good. I watched it. Did you? It's good. It's Are good. you big into like the like the biopics for companies and stuff like that? Mm, kinda. It depends. Okay. Like I, yeah. Like I find that that's a lot of like entrepreneurs that we talk. It's like oh you know you're you know you gotta follow what the big guys did. Okay, you're everyone. Everyone is yeah. addicted to Steve Jobs. Yeah. Like you, they follow these other guys. Yeah. And, you know, the GameStop thing, and I think that was in theaters right now, actually. Yeah. Which yeah. one? Uh, Dumb Money. Oh, I, I haven't seen called. that one. Yeah, no, it's no. like about the GameStop. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. I know which one you're talking about, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, That's it sounds interesting. Those are just, those are good movies to watch, yeah. right? And what was that one with Christian Bale and... The Big Short? The Big Short. That Love one's that a good one. one, yeah. Love that one. Yeah, that's a good yeah. one. Yeah, very cool. But, yeah, those are always, those are fun movies to have because... It shows, it sh- it's a success story. Yeah. Right? Even The Wolf of Wall Street. Yeah. Right? Great movie, but it shows, you know, it shows a lot of things, but it shows the success of people, how they got there, what morals did they have to lose or gain mm. to get where they Absolutely. are. Yeah. Have Very you have you guys heard about the, the book Outliers as well? Mm-hmm. From Outliers. Malcolm Gladwell? Malcolm Gladwell yeah. He addresses as well, like, success, like, how it happens and, okay. like, the variables and how it's not really... It is luck sometimes, but it's there's many things that influence success. That it doesn't matter how much you push. Maybe I'm wrong. I read it a long time ago, but uh, like you could be just in the right place, in the right place at the right time. Mm. And he gives the example of uh, what's the name of the the guy with window, the guy who made Bill windows? Gates. Bill Gates. He he tells the story of Bill, Bill Gates and how it, when he was. I don't know, like 20 years or something. He was closest to the smartest computer available in the U.S. He was just like two hours away and or or like he was in, in Seattle or something. Mm. And it's like it's not it's, it wasn't meant to like if you had like a, a similar Bill Gates somewhere else at the same time with all of his knowledge and capabilities and skills, but they didn't have this uh, closeness to this computer. It wouldn't matter. Like they wouldn't be able to create mm. Microsoft. So yeah. there's a lot of variables that that yeah. m- that make play and uh, it's luck. It's just luck. yeah, yeah. There's a lot of things being yeah, in the right place at the right time. He talks a lot about it. Absolutely. He talks about hockey players as well. Mm. Yeah. How, that makes how, sense. Like the probability of of being like a successful or not successful, just being able to play in the NHL. Okay. Like you have to live in Canada, you have to live in a specific place in Montreal yep. where most of the kids that uh, grew up there, they're going to play professionally because these were that variable. And I think it's very interesting. Yeah, that's very a good interesting. point. That's a very good point. Yeah. And again, I think we've talked about variables and stuff. I feel like, yes, there's luck, of course, but again, you can manipulate variables yeah. to play in your favor in many, in, in many times. And sometimes you think, or you're pushing way too hard to do something, but just the variables are not there for you. Like mm. they're somewhere else. Like try, try to. If you're uh, like an, an easy an easy way to explain it, it's like you're gonna do a start like an e-commerce startup. Might as well be in 
in Silicon Valley in 2000 or in 1998. Like that would be the best variables for you or environment oh, for course. you to make it work. Yeah. Yeah. But I mean, yeah, you can obviously manipulate it, right? If you mm-hmm. want to be an actor, where do you go? Exactly. You move to LA, yeah. right? Uh-huh. If you want, I, I think that's changing a little bit now, but it's still LA, yeah. right? It, yeah. But, you know, if you want to be in tech, you move to Silicon mm-hmm. Valley. If you want to be... Or agriculture here. It's like it, yeah. Fraser Valley. If you want to be in agriculture, you move where the agriculture or, is. Oh, yeah. There's many places in If you want to be a ski instructor, you move to Whistler. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. Whatever your dream is, yeah. go where that dream is. Yeah. Makes yeah. sense. If you want to be an e-commerce entrepreneur, I guess you can do that from anywhere. Yeah. But... It depends. Yeah. But, you need internet. Mm-hmm. But it's it's not only yeah it's not only luck like strictly luck it's you have to play with the variables that with the of cards course. that you're giving. The if I was if I knew from a young age I wanted to be in the NHL, mm-hmm. then I would play a lot of hockey. Mm-hmm. I would learn a lot about hockey. Yeah, and I don't know what else I would do. <laughs> the the thing is that let's say that you really wanted to do it. Let's say that you would improve a lot your chances if you went to that specific town in yeah. uh, in Montreal, which uh 80% of the the children there like become professionals but most of the times you cannot you don't know you don't know yeah it's hard to find out about those things i guess that's where your parenting comes in a yeah bit. exactly yeah which is a it's a big pill to swallow too yeah it doesn't sound any easier zach <laughs> every time we do this podcast parenting just sounds more and more difficult <laughs> good luck <laughs> Oh, jeez. Okay. Oh man, that was quick. Okay. Um. What else do you have for me? Yeah. What else? Uh, I've heard that you you like talking about TV shows and stuff we do. Like that. That's true. Are you an One, avid watcher? Yeah. I'm, I would say I'm a regular. Or yeah, I I was I got I was gonna ask you guys if you've seen the show Dark. First season. Yeah. I you, saw the first season. And what happened? Did you not like it? I really liked it. It's uh-huh. tough. It's, it's hard, tough yeah. to really know what's yeah. going on. Yeah. I don't know if you know a lot about that one, Zach. A little bit. Yeah, yeah but it's just, it's a mind warp. Yeah. Like, I, first of all, different language. Yeah. So that's a barrier. Yeah. Not 100%. a big barrier, but yeah. a barrier. Yeah. It's harder to get into the story. Mm. Um, two, it's just so confusing. There's, there's three different timelines, yeah. literal timelines, yeah. and it's the same characters, but it's 30 years in the future and then 30 years <laughs> in the past. Yeah. And they're all, they all are romantically entwined and this kid goes back in time and then he gets stuck in the past. And so now he's actually this kid's father and he's like, that's crazy. Yeah. I think it was that there was two friends and then one of them got stuck in the past and then he... He became someone's father. No? He became his, his father. His father. Yeah. yeah, I think. Yeah. That's yeah. probably spoiling it a little bit. But <laughs> yeah, that I, say, I don't have to watch the show now. <laughs> that happens early on, actually. <laughs> Sorry, guys. There's a there's like 20 of those every episode. Like, it's yeah. just mind... It's just... It, it, it's, it's hard to watch. But it's so it's interesting. Yeah. Yeah. That's definitely... I would say that's my favorite show, for sure. Really? Like, I, I was talking to my wife... I don't know, like some somewhere this year, and it was like, oh, we want to watch like a, 
like a good TV show, like should we watch watch Dark again? But I'm one of those persons that once I watch like a really good TV show, you don't want to watch or it movie. I don't want to watch it again. Yeah, mm-hmm. I know that. Feeling. I don't want. I've done it, obviously. Of course. But I try not to. I just okay. when I, whenever I want to remember it or something, I, I'll watch it again. But I prefer to keep this feeling that I had when I did it. See now, that's fascinating. <laughs> Let's dive into that. Okay. Uh-huh. Not too long, but we'll see. Okay. What, so you want to... You watched an incredible television show. Yeah. And you don't ever want to ruin that feeling by no, watching it again? Cause or are you afraid? What is it fear? I think it's... No, I think... That's a great question. What's the, what's the actual feeling? I, I don't know which feeling it is, but don't doesn't it happen whenever you see like this amazing show or movie... You remember all of the details, not having to do with the show or the movie. You remember your age. You remember what you were eating during that during that oh. that show or movie. Mm. You remember you, who you were with, what was happening in your life. And I feel like that's so that's so cool. That um, obviously, whenever you watch it again, you're like, I I remember watching it the first time, and I was doing this this and that. Yeah. And I feel like that's what makes it also special and nostalgic at the same time. Right. Which is something that I haven't thought about as as much but i feel like that's part of the reason why like i want to keep it i want to keep it like genuine like that genuine um memory i mm. want i want to keep it that way like whenever i'm going to watch it again it's not going to feel it's going to be boring if, and if, it's not yeah. going to it's going to change it <laughs> yeah it's like when you buy a new car or you buy anything really yeah. this the bot the feeling of Owning it mm-hmm. right after you get it feels amazing. Yeah. But ever since that moment, it's downhill. Yeah. Downhill, yeah. downhill, downhill. Exactly. Because you can never recreate that feeling. Yeah. Right? Whether it's meeting someone for the first time or I'm, I'm sure when the first time you met your wife. Yeah. Right? The first conversation you had, whatever it was, the first week you spent dating, yeah. the first month you spent dating amazing yeah Um, i don't know i don't know your story but i hope it was amazing but and then okay it 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 changes right it changes it doesn't get maybe not worse but you can't ever redo that right you can't ever get it again no and we sometimes try so hard to replicate those feelings which is better to let the leave them as unique as they are and just try to find a new unique feeling yeah Sometimes we're so stuck in replicating the the previous feelings. Yeah. Which is interesting. Oh, that's so cool. <laughs> that's so interesting. Yeah. Right? Like even like even for Zach and I, right? Mm-hmm. We're doing a podcast. Mm-hmm. So you would think that, oh, you probably just talk about the same things all the time. We try not to. Mm. Like we have conversations about certain topics that come up, mm-hmm. right? Like we talk about Tesla from now all the time. Mm. It's like, oh, you drive a Tesla. We talk about that. But Everyone that we're having that conversation with has a different perspective. Right. Everyone has a different thought process. Everyone has different opinions on things. And, and it's it would be naive to think that we could just have the same conversation with a different person every yeah. time. Yeah. Then it's just us talking to a person, not with a person. Mm. So, yeah, I think that that's part of the fun that we have. It's just, yeah. it's new. It's fresh. It's every time. Yeah. It's your story. It's our story. It's somebody else's story that you know that you talk to us about. Whatever it is. Yeah. 
Yeah, 100%. And and just the audience trying to relate to what the mm. person speaking in the podcast to those sentiments and that's that's the cool part. Yeah. Mm. That gives me chills. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Very cool. Yeah, yeah. <sighs> so I, I, I sorry, sorry to interrupt. No, I was go ahead. I was listening as well that you guys like to talk well as well about like uh, paranormal. And, oh and, yeah. And that. yeah, yeah, yeah. I honestly haven't haven't had that many experiences. That many? That means well, no, more. actually, I ha I have <laughs> I I don't have one that I can like talk about. Um, I think the the one that came to my mind while I was listening to one of the podcasts was the my mom dreamt. Uh, I, I don't know if there's time for the story, and I, I'll try to make it quick. But she was well, she was in a trip. She was uh, her grandma was like on her last days mm. when she left to the trip. She didn't know that it was my grandma's like last uh, days in Earth, <laughs> right? Right. Um, so she had a dream where her grandma was like dictating a, a letter uh, for mm. her. And she remember, and the date that she gave her was the, the day that she died, that she passed away. What? But that, the crazy thing is that not only happened once, but twice with uh, her dad, with my mom's, uh, with my grandpa. Oh, wow. It yeah. happened like they had, she had it. She had the same dream, dream with, with uh, grandpa, like um, telling her to write a letter and uh, giving oh. her the date when he passed away. And the yeah. thing is that she, she, it wasn't like she told the story after it happened. Uh, she woke up and she was like, this is what happened. This is the date. And then it was like, do you remember I told you this? Yeah, yeah. You told, you told me that date. How crazy is that, man? It's That's like, crazy. That's wow. very yeah. interesting. I feel like the paranormal things in my life come mostly from, like, I feel my mom has more sensitivity to this type of energy. Mm. Yeah. But you think it's an energy. Yeah, hundred percent. I feel like some people are more sensitive to to other vibrations or wh however you want to call it. Because yeah. at the end of the day, it's it's an energy sparting a neuron in your brain for some reason. Yeah. Okay. Mm -hmm. Interesting. Ah, that's some so people are just more in that uh, channel. They yeah. just have they they just have this capacity of being being able to connect with different vibrations. I wonder what that is, right? Is yeah. It, is it in the brain? Is it the neurons? Is it something genetic? Mm. Is it something physical? Is it something you experienced and then, or you came in contact with, and then you are, who knows, man? Yeah, who knows? That's very that's, interesting, that's, though. Yeah. Like, one dream is like, okay, sure, but two. Yeah, yeah that's cool. And the thing is that while she was in the trip with with my dad, it was like in the eighties, so there wasn't more, there there wasn't a lot of connection like straight away with like someone because she was in Europe and it, uh, my family was in Mexico or her family was in Mexico, and she told my dad straight away like this is what I dreamt about like should we call them and make sure they're fine? They called and they were like everything's okay, you have don't worry about anything. Mm -hmm. Like as soon as they landed in Mexico, they're like this is what happened. She was like, I knew it. But here's the thing. You can also be like, she already had this idea that it was going to happen, right? Okay. Yeah. So, I don't know. You can make your assumptions. Subconscious, just make Exactly. It Who knows? Yeah. Who knows? Could be. Could be. Could be. If we want to explain it all away, we could. Yeah. Sure. Yeah, Why exactly. Would you 
Why would you? Yeah. That's not as fun. Yeah. Not nearly. Yeah, I agree. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. That's I the agree. thing. Like, of all the stories we've already heard, like, sure, we could say, ah, it was just your brain playing tricks on you, or it was this... Maybe. Maybe, maybe not. Maybe. I don't know. I think th- that's a lot of smoke for no fire. Yeah. Right? Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> or we won't see. I don't know. We'll just keep talking about it for the next 60 years and yeah. then we'll die. Yeah. And maybe someone will dream about it the day before. Well, maybe it's maybe it'll be me. Or maybe uh, it's all a, just a dream at the end. Someone, this could someone, be a dream. This could be a dream yeah, of someone yeah. else. I think about that too. Yeah. But I'm too arrogant to, mm. to like that one. I'm like, I don't want to be not the main There's character. There's no way. Oh, okay. Yeah, that's just me. Like, I'm just arrogant. I'm like, uh-huh. I'm the main character yeah. of my story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, Zach is the main character of his story. Yeah. We're just doing same, two different stories beside each other. Yeah. But, you know, and now, now you're the main character of your story yeah. and our path crossed. Yeah. Would that mean that there's different universes then? Uh, or are we sharing the same? We're all in the same universe, but you exist in your universe mm-hmm. and I exist in my <laughs> universe. And, you know, we're just like... It's a little Venn diagram yeah. for one podcast episode. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I don't know. What do you think, Zach? Yeah. Of course. Of course. Of course. I like that. I like that a lot. Okay. You've told us about your Elementa. You've mm-hmm. told us so many things. Mm. You've told us your ups and your downs and why you're so passionate. And But what is it actually that drives you every day mm. like what gets you up in the morning yeah I, I i'm gonna i'm gonna reiterate a little bit in that feeling that of just first of all questioning what we were saying about the universe and stuff like that that's something that i do question a lot about like what's really happening and uh whenever i'm not thinking about it, not saying that that's part of my whole day-to-day process. Like, I'm only questioning what's happening with the world, like, the universe, if it's real or not. You can't do it all day. No. <laughs> we uh, There's some time for that. But I'm, like, I'm going to go back with that feeling of how I can improve um, life for those around me in, like, in a positive way. I'd like mm-hmm. I'm, I'm a very positive person. Right. So it's about, I feel like reality or my reality the way that it's set up there's a lot of things that i would like to modify and change and make better and as much as i can because obviously it's 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 very hard but that's what really drives me and uh just wanting to wanting to experience life and what's available for me as as a as a human and uh that drives me like there's a lot of curiosity on finding out things uh, that that's a big driver like for me being being here in Canada it's already an adventure that I had the chance and obviously there's a lot of things that I could be doing as well but um just that curiosity of, about how things work how if I can have like an if I can change the outcome of things how they're working for everyone that's that's that drives me a lot I don't know if that made sense hopefully get it yeah. yeah yeah we get it yeah i think the, everyone will get it okay yeah. <laughs> <laughs> ah, yeah okay 
I mean, that's as good a place as any to stop. Yeah. Thank you so much for joining us on the show. Thank you for this epic t-shirt. Absolutely. Yeah. Thanks, Zach, and thanks, Russell. Yeah, yeah thanks for coming on. Okay.